0: welcome to guys we fucked guys we guys fucked. we fucked i'm christina i'm corinne we're sorry, sorry about, about last, last night, night. the anti-slut
1: shaming podcast
0: i never stop
1: <laughs> hello fuckers welcome to another episode of guys we fucked it's the anti-slut shaming podcast i'm corinne i'm christina uh tonight Tonight, if you are in the Montreal area of Canada, we are doing two shows at Just for Laughs tonight. First is at 5.15. It's a live podcast recording of Guys We Fucked. That's going to be amazing. It's at the Hyatt Inspiration Room find links in the description of this episode you don't want to miss the live recordings they are always insane and being there is uh, an unforgettable experience and the room is smaller so if you like want to meet us and hang out yeah
0: like, we'll, we'll totally take a picture hi. better opportunity there than at the show later
1: absolutely because that show later at 930 is going to be guys we fuck the experience uh, show and then the next day tomorrow Saturday we're hosting two off JFL shows one I think is 7 715 and the other one's at 945 um, go to our website or the Link, the description of this podcast for the links to uh, more info. But come hang out with us, Montreal.
0: Uh, and then on Philadelphia, Friday, August 11th at 9 p.m., uh, I'm headlining the Victoria Free House. And I use that word uh, loosely because it's pretty small. Uh, get your tickets now. James will be featuring for me because that's the way feminism works. Use code Alfred for $15 tickets. And then the next night I'll be in Baltimore. That's Saturday, August 12th, again at 9 p.m. Uh, location TBD because we had to move it because I was like, mm, I don't like the looks of that place. Um, and again, use code Alfred for 15 $15 tickets both shows me James lots of fun
1: if you're gonna be in the Hamptons on Wednesday August 16th Corinne and I are gonna do a show that's all the info I have on it's at Roush and it's oh.
0: free but uh get... wait in Montauk
1: yeah oh I was in oh my god that's so funny I had a weekend with my girlfriends in the Hamptons this week mm-hmm. we have never really done that and they said that they were at Rashman's, but it was only open to Myers, yeah. Rush Myers, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it, it's a free show. It's like they have a comedy series there on Wednesdays, so, but that just make sure to get there earlier if you're going to that show because it is popular already, oh, uh, nice. and so it'll it'll cap out.
1: Not to brag, and then on Saturday, August twenty sixth. Is the two year anniversary of Glamour Puss? Uh, this is gonna be an insane show at 7 30 p.m. at Zinc Bar, uh, 82 West 3rd Street, hosted by myself and Wendy Starling. You're gonna wanna get tickets, it's gonna sell out, and uh, just come with a full stomach uh, and an empty liver. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> All right, so um, Christina. Oh boy, how I mean, I'm. It's it's funny because this is like a fake. How are you doing? What's going
1: on in your life? When I um, really know, we've got. I've been going through a tough time in my relationship, and uh, I guess stuff that have been. It's been building up for a while, I guess, or just you kind of notice these little things, and then one day you're like, "Wait, you've been doing this this whole time," and it really makes me sad. Um, yeah, I think in the first time in six years, like our relationship got, my relationship with Steven got like shooken up and we like actually discussed the possibility, which I didn't even think, I never even thought of it. Mm-hmm. Always in a, a lot of times in a relationship, I'll be like, "Ugh, man, I wonder if we'll ever break up. I, I didn't even wonder that with him. I didn't, I, I don't know. My brain never really went there. And I think this past week or maybe the past two weeks. Um, we contemplated that and it's this weird thing where, you know, for the first time in our relationship, I, I, I looked, I always reflect on how much I love him. Like our relationship really is, is wonderful. And I, I'm constantly feeling like so fortunate to have somebody who, I like this much, I'm attracted to, I have fun with, we talk endlessly all the time, we go on adventures, I respect him, I admire him, and, and vice versa, and, uh, but there was this, like, this, like, little things that were creeping up, and I kind of came to a head, you know, with, like, when I first met Stephen, I was just in the gutter in terms of like not in terms of career aspirations but in terms of success Mm -hmm. i just didn't have it yet or but i knew i always kind of knew like i've i feel like i've gotten where i am today because of my positive attitude and i know that sounds very tony uh the fuck's his name tony the guy who fucking does those workshops oh yeah i mean he's a little he's a little more aggressive talks like this yeah i know
0: who you're talking about i forgot his last name but i watched the documentary
1: um but yeah, but I but and then so there was just some issues and and I don't know I hope he's okay with me talking about this but I, I oh you didn't run by him I no I kind of assumed he'll oh, probably be fine um I I I didn't want to talk about it last week because when we were rushed and also I was in the middle of feeling it and I was just like had crying Tourette's mm-hmm. and I like right before we interviewed Alyssa Limparo, I was like just I was gonna say hey guys if I cry just ignore me like I'm just gonna like put the mic away so no one can hear me and just kind of don't you know. Look at me, and I couldn't even get the sentence out because I was crying. Well, also, then people would just be very like thinking about why you were almost
0: crying the whole time,
1: right, right. Well, well, I, I was gonna do it so that I no one would hear me. and I'm like, I just wasn't gonna talk right for however long it takes me to stop crying. And like, I've slept on the couch a couple of days, not now, but it, it's we're in this weird period of, do you work on it or do you do you say bye? Mm-hmm. And I kind of went around to everyone in my life that I that I care for and that knows me and knows Steven. You were one of those people who you see Steven and I in environments that no one else does. Right. You know, same with Wendy mm-hmm. Starling because she has a podcast with Steven. So she she has experienced what I've experienced with Steven. And some of the things I'm saying she has a unique understanding of because she works with him and so she kind of knows him. Sure. Well, and you've we've worked with him you and I, and, you mm-hmm. know, and you just kind of, and then I go, went to my mom and i was just like, wh- cause sometimes I really can't tell what's best for me. And I can't tell I'll, 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 my gut instinct is a little off. And I've been trying so hard the past, honestly, 10 years to ho- hone in on trusting my gut instinct. But a lot of times my gut instincts are wrong, or I'll think I'll doing something where with this relationship, I'm like, is it Bit more beneficial to me than not beneficial because it is my belief. I've been with the same person since I was 23 years old. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things. Like I feel like I missed out on hooking up with a shitload of people, even though I, I guess I did, but I, now I look back and I go, Oh my God, 23 is so young. Yeah. Right. And so that's, that's just one little aspect of it, but sure. you know, I, I, I honestly couldn't tell. And I, if, if it was better, for us to continue or better for us not to continue. Um, And there's varying factors in it, but I don't know. So I'm in this period where thankfully I can be so open with Steven and I could say, you know, when you're negative, it I'm not attracted to you mm-hmm. when you're being negative like that. And uh, and it's frustrating. And I feel like I've been saying the same thing for six years in terms of just, you got to change your attitude and work hard and blah, That's blah, That's certainly blah. part of a relationship, I will say. It is part of a relationship. I mean, because
0: there, you know, I think as women, we go in, especially women, everyone's guilty of it, but especially women. Like, I mean, there are things, no one's going to be perfect. Of
1: course. So
0: there are things that are going to Always be there about somebody that you're never going to be able to change. And you have to, and at a certain point you have to say, can I just accept this person as they are and maybe change the way I see, I see how they live. Like I talked to uh, Tommy kind of, I talked to Tommy about relationships a lot, not about your specific situation, but it's like he's I like, would be curious with this. He's like, you, he's like, if things bother you in a relationship, you need to say, instead of just like being bothered by it and keep trying to change the behavior, say is how can I react differently to this behavior that yeah. my partner will always have?
1: And, and one thing that I am bad at deciphering for myself is, is this something that like negativity, is that something that depletes my happiness a little bit or kind of takes me down off of the oh my god this is so exciting right yeah but because it's i'm weighing the pros and cons basically in my head uh, or i have been lately and and to him with him i i I, you know i've included him in this process because i think that that's what i want to do and he's cool with that but uh you know is that negativity going to take the wind out of my sails forever is that i can't tell if it's a behavior that I don't deserve to have this behavior in my life Mm -hmm. or it's like you can change the approach to how you think of it and realize that the roots of it have nothing to do with you. And it's okay. I cannot tell what the right thing to do is because I've overthought it to death
0: of negative though. So, okay. So it's like, if, so there's like being a negative person and you know, it's not, it's not necessarily fun to be like a negative person. Like I am like a negative person, but it's just like, I, I, it's just like the way I am. It's like that. You don't
1: view it as negative you view viewed as honesty.
0: Yeah. Well that's and why, that's what he's it's realistic. So it's like, but so there's a and but you have to be careful as a negative person, and I and I say I, I don't think of being a negative person as a negative thing, if that makes sense. So you have to be careful that you do not turn that negativity in towards like kind of like knocking other people down in your oh, life, right. so that you feel as bad as I do. It's kind of like right. Uh, just let that person float in whatever their their kind of comfortable spot is. For you, the comfortable spot is happiness. For me, the comfortable spot honestly is negative. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't make me. It just. This is just how I see the world. And I'm
1: okay with that. I honestly feel though, that I am allergic to bad feelings. It's weird. Like I don't like when, uh, when, when someone in my life is being negative. My instinct immediately, and I will try so hard. And that's probably a problem with it myself: is to change it so that they can be happy, or phrase it in a way, or try to get them to see it in a way that's like this is actually a good thing.
0: Well, you definitely have it. I mean, that's obviously from your relationship with your mother. Yeah,
1: but I can't. I honestly, can't. <laughs> we're gonna see a couple of therapists, which I'm so excited about. Did you pick one out? Yeah, yeah, we did. We did. Uh, we haven't. I'm seen I'm excited this to person hear. Yet. I've
0: heard really good. I've, I've heard really good things about it.
1: Yeah. And I, and I, it's to the point where like I can't decide what the best thing is for me, but I also am a firm believer of, I think partnership is a luxury, not a necessity. I think having Agreed. a romantic companion or a life companion can be a cherry on top to a wonderful life. And it doesn't mean there's a lack of anything. If you don't have that, I mm-hmm. think companionship can be beautiful. There are certainly challenges with both ways of being sure. Even if you're a poly person, you have a shitload of companions. Yeah. There's challenges to that. So I, 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 I don't know. It's just been this really interesting. It feels weird. Cause I slept on the couch twice and it just feels bad. It feels like I remember feeling honestly up until this kind of thing happened with the, like that rift between us. And we kind of were like, shit, should we stay together? You know, I, I question that. And, uh, I don't know, I've been thinking, you know, obviously, what? okay, how would I feel if we broke up and I just want to die? Well, I mean, you're going to feel like that no matter what, I know. even if it's the right
0: choice for you. So just don't, I know, don't, it's almost like, it's hard to say, don't be scared of the feeling of wanting to die. But as someone who has been through that exact same feeling, and I will say, I, even though I'm super like a negative person, it's the only time in my life that I truly wanted to die. Yeah. I've never been, and not suicidal, just like, I just didn't want to be on the planet anymore. Yeah. yeah. So, but and, and this is not here, there, or there. Once you get past that, you are truly capable of anything. Totally. Oh, oh and and
1: beautiful things come out of that feeling. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Be
0: Absolutely. You. I, <laughs> I mean, it's. But it's. It, I mean, if anyone tells you it's not going to be the most miserable, longest, uh, most alone oh, time yeah. in your life, that's their. I lying mean, I've had you.
1: that feeling before, yeah. not in this year, but like I. There are just. I mean there are moments up until this like rift happened with us or kind of stuff came to surface. I mean, I up three weeks ago, up until for the past six years, I've just, I will think about, I'll be on this couch at night doing work and he'll be sleeping. And I'm just think to myself, like, I'm so excited to lay next to him or hold his hand. Like I really love him. I didn't know you could love someone that much. I really didn't. And, and, and I get any he. Brings out the best in me and he pushes me. And sometimes then then that's where the problem is comes because sometimes he pushes me too far or, or kind of takes the wind out of my sails and it, and it, but it's just like that period of time in which you decipher, like, what are we in it? Are we not? You know what I mean? Kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And I just, I don't know. I, and that's why I'm excited for this, for, to see a couples therapist, because I don't know what I, I've asked my friends this the other day when we were, uh, had a weekend together. I'm like, what do you ask yourself? What's the checklist when you go, should I stay or should I go? What, what, are the, what do you ask yourself? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess everyone has different, but what's the right thing? I, I wish, and when we interviewed Nikki Glazer, and this one thing that she said, I was like, oh my God, you articulated this how I feel about something. I actually, it's simple, but I've never articulated it or heard it articulated like this. I wish someone could just make the decision for me. I wish somebody who knows better and could see into the future, can go, this is what you should do. And that would be so much
0: easier. But you do, you know yourself better. I know you feel like you don't, but you, you're, I think you're not giving yourself credit. For me, this, is, this I, isn't this what I use. For me, I, this is so corny, but this is exactly what I do. I picture myself in the audience at the Academy Awards and I look to my left and I say, who is sitting next to me? And if the person that I'm with at that point is that person, then that's your answer. Yeah, it is. That's your answer. All right. Well, problem solved. Cool. (laughs) No, you're right. Problem solved, but it's it's like, so then that says, yeah, that's, (sighs) that's a good way to think. What do I, what do I work when when
1: I'm up there and I look out into the audience? Who do I thank? Yeah. Yeah. Who do I want to thank? Who's been there for me? Him. I mean, him, the support is insane. I mean, how excited he is and how about what we're doing and, 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 and oh my God, he'll just be, when he goes with us on tour gigs, he'll, I don't have to entertain him. I, if I'm freaking out or have an anxiety attack, he just sits in the, on the bed and said, if you need me, let me know. If not, I'm going to be on my phone. It, it's the most supportive. He doesn't make me feel bad about that, about the way I can be like my anxiety and stuff or sure. when, when I feel rushed or I'm being nasty to people. Like he's, he's an angel.
0: So can I mean, I don't know if you want to, I mean, I can, we, can I ask you like, what is, so what is the, risk the problem? The, ne- the
1: negativity um, and his, uh, he's so fucking talented. He's a director. He makes yeah. music videos. I guess I remember when been really like, dove into what he does but uh he is it's so sexy how talented he is Mm he he makes music videos he makes documentary shorts he makes all of these pieces film pieces he shoots them he directs them he outlines them he edits them Mm -hmm. he does every the sound design the color he's a one-stop shop and he's so he's a brilliant storyteller on Mm -hmm. film It, it, it is I I am so in awe of what he does, of his art. And that's important to me to be with somebody who I I respect their art or what they do. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he's so talented and, but he gets in his own way of, of, uh, of, um, in terms of, you know, career progress. Mm -hmm. And it's been that way since I met him and he's always been frustrated with his career. And I see it as I'm someone who's like, all right, I want to be a comedy, uh, you know, at the, at the very beginning, my goal was Saturday Night Live. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I got to transfer to colleges. I got to transfer to Marymount Manhattan. I got to get an internship with Saturday Night Live. That, And you plot out little steps. Sure. To get you, it might not get you to Saturday Night Live, but it'll get you on a billboard on the side of a bus stop in new york city that's fucking amazing or on the ted you know what i mean like good things will come out of it you just have to it seems overwhelming a goal a career goal can seem so overwhelming and scary but if you just break it down into little steps but he doesn't think of it that way Mm -hmm. and so it it drives me a little nuts because i see how talented he is sure and i i want him to be making document or to be making movies like he could i mean his work is so fucking good and so we talk about that a lot and it's always the same conversation. Mm-hmm. And when you hear the same conversation for six years, you start to feel like an insane person. Yeah. You know, but and that thing is,
0: you're not, you're not his manager. I know. And I get, and I you're get right. it because as some, I have a really big problem with wanting to manage all my friends because I also but get even your so boyfriends, frustrated, kind of, not
1: their comedy, but like, like with Frank, with the, I remember, I don't know if he grew beard or took the beard off or something. You did something and cause, and I was like, oh my God, he looks great. Well, I mean, my advice is gr- amazing and everyone should always follow it, but
0: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, but- I truly, I truly, I mean, I, I can't even get into some other things cause it'll reveal details of like who Frank is, but, uh. Uh, 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 but yeah you had but you had these little things that he sure, said that worked sure and but it it's not coming from nowhere i have a True. background in management but True. i mean but yeah. the thing is you have to and i find i find the same frustration in knowing someone so talented who is executing their career in what i think is the wrong way yeah i totally hear but you even
1: though you were examples of i mean my theory we have different theories on how to execute your career in terms of like i'm just like think positive but it Fucking work. Both of our things worked.
0: Well, there's some, I mean, I think there's, okay. It's not just luck. I'm in the middle of you guys as far as like my approach to things. Yeah. And I mean, I've, all it also has to do with like, it's not, you know, that's why we work together. We are both successful on our own, but the powerhouse is together yes. because the two elements, I mean, what you bring is like almost a blindness in that yeah. I, you, I have, you put blinders on and you say, this is what's happening. We're going to, you know, talk to Lorne Michaels. We're going to get this show. We're going to, you know, create this thing, whatever yeah. it is, you just say, we're going to do it. And I go, great, <laughs> but you okay. know, what, how are we act? Like, what are the logistics of this? And so yeah. those are the two things that you need. You do need this blind faith in yourself which we both have yes there was never a moment no matter how hard things got that i was like i'm not gonna make it or i should quit that's never never even never even
1: crossed my mind since i was a little kid ever 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 no plan b and i know
0: the same thing with you since you were a little kid and since i was a little kid yeah what people say what are you gonna be when you grow up and i say famous yeah that's it that's the answer yeah
1: um I, yeah, I showed you that paper sure. I wrote in seventh grade about yeah. me in 2000. It, I said the year is 2017. I walk outside yeah. of a building. as a creative writing project and uh, people are asking for my autograph. Right. I wrote that in 2001. Right.
0: And there, I mean, there, along the way, certainly people have, you know, I've had, had a psychology teacher say, but, you know, but what is fame and I go, I don't know, but I'm going to get it. Same. Or yeah. like, or that, or, you know, people saying that doesn't have meaning. I'm like, well, it has meaning to me. Yes, yeah, so I does. think you getting married has no meaning.
1: Right. Well, I was, <laughs> I brought up our relationship, you and I's relationship with Stephen. Actually, we were talking about this last night because Stephen edits the podcast and Stephen chooses the music for the podcast every week. Right. GWF podcast music at gmail.com. <laughs> By the way, he asked me to oh, I forgot to do that. Uh, he, we need more submissions. Um. Anyway, streaming links, but you guys need to listen to each other better. There's a relationship problem. I know. (laughs) Um, But one of the one of the I think setting boundaries is so healthy. Yeah. One of the boundaries that you had set that I now set with me and Wendy and me and Joseph Bessie are working on a project. And I set that Mm -hmm. boundary with him because I took that. I was like that. Whenever it's a business-related thing that we need to talk to each other about, always email, always, mm-hmm. always, always. And if it's personal text, but if it's a business thing we need to talk about over text, that means it's either hey, we need to pick the po- title of this podcast. I need to get a hold of you now, kind of thing. Yeah, it's, like super urgent. And I was, I was telling Stephen like I could not imagine if I was like in the Hamptons with my friends and this weekend, and if you were had a concern about something project, and you were just texting me and texting me and texting me, I'd be like, then that means our business relationship is leaking into times in my life where I don't want to be bothered. I want to be able to read my email, choose the times I read my email. Right. That's such a valuable boundary to set. And Wendy and I have it, Joseph and I have it. And we, it's this weird, it's this weird thing where we pay Steven every episode to Mm -hmm. work on the podcast and to talk about He'll talk to me about it because the three of us are rare. like when we're on tour and he's around, he doesn't want to bother us because we're doing stuff. But one of the things I kind of dawned on me last night, I said, you know, what would really help? I just said it out of nowhere. If any time you talked about how much we're paying you or what we could be other things we could be doing or whatever, if you only addressed those things when you, me and Corinne were in the same room or on email Mm -hmm. with me and Corinne. I actually don't think that would be a problem in our relationship at all because mm-hmm. I don't want, I think of the anxiety of, I want Steven as my boyfriend to get anything he wants. I want him to be paid billions of dollars. If I, if it was up to me, sure. I'd pay. but then, but number one, when it comes to me and you, you're number one, you mm-hmm. have to be, and I want you to be, and that's the way I think it needs to be. And, well, Cause this is, a, this is our podcast. Exactly. Yeah. And right. And then But then I'm going, oh my God, I don't want, I want him to get what he wants. But then on top of that, I go, I don't want to put you in an uncomfortable position of, can my boyfriend do the thing? It makes me feel, I I want to explode. It it it, it creates this tension in me. And I just, I'm like, you know what? If we implemented that boundary, I don't think I would have a problem because I, that whole time where I'm worried about Steven and I'm worried about if you're going to, if I'm putting you in a position that's uncomfortable, I don't want to do that. And then I I don't even think about what I think of it. I don't even consider my own feelings. Mm-hmm. I'm just worried about, I don't want to make you uncomfortable. I don't want Steven to get pissed and I don't want to have a fight. And I, you know, and well, it's cause like, you're
0: the middle, you're the link between us. Yes, and I mean, I and it so much. And, uh, I mean, and this is, you know, I'm, I've expressed this before when we first started, I was really hesitant having Steven work with it. Right. Exactly. Because I for I saw these problems coming up because right. I know, I mean, I, I mean, this is comes back to like, you know, I, I had in middle school, I had a husband and wife directing team directed all the school plays. Oh, and that it was well. a fucking nightmare. Yeah. And I, Go, Uh, oh God, I never I just never want to have this kind of a business relationship with my partner. Um and and it's hard. It's hard. I mean, James and I, you know, we tour together, but it's like you have to really like just be 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 separate and together at the same time. I mean, Kate Winslet uh, and her director husband—they they they broke, they broke up because yeah. she would go home and she wouldn't fucking stop talking about the film. And it's very, oh, really? mm-hmm, and it's very, very, Shit. very, very hard to separate this because you love someone, and when they're in, you know, they're also an artist. You love them, and you want, and you think they're amazing and brilliant, and you want all the jobs to go There's to them, too and you want to collaborate with them. But at a certain point, I mean, I can't. T- if I had a dollar for every time I told James, "We can't talk about." About comedy right now I'd be a fucking millionaire mm, because sometimes you just have to stop I literally will go I will just well I'll pick a topic sometimes I, I'll be like yeah, old board games and we're just at, we, we have to talk about that just so we don't talk about comedy uh, because you don't want to end up hating the thing that you love more than anything
1: yes or the person That's true. you love more oh than my anything. god I yes but I I do li- I like I mean I he's great at picking the music for the podcast every week. Right. We don't have time to do it. I don't know how, I I mean, that's a whole different fucking black hole that I have to get my dig into. Right. I love that he does that. And I, I personally don't want him to not do that, but I'm just like, but that's the cap. Right. You know, and and it it was just negotiating that and figuring it out. And it's just been so (sighs) stressful. And there's like these moments where we haven't had sex, I guess. And he said two weeks. I thought it was one, but I think it's been two. And this has been uh, going on
0: for two weeks. So I would also yeah, guess too. Uh,
1: yeah. It seems like one week to me, but it's been two. Um, and like we kissed the other day and that felt oddly, I don't know. It felt, it felt good. It felt good. It felt like our first kiss, but it was also kind of sad because there was the rift and I, we never felt that. And I mean, I don't know. I'm just kind of trying to navigate through it and uh, figure it out. But there's all these little layers of things that I just can't. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm just in a weird space with that, but I, I, we're, we're doing great right now. We're going to go into the therapist thing, which I'm so excited <laughs> about and, uh, talk about things that like, I, I almost feel like it's a crossroads of either on board or you're off board, you're completely on board or you're completely off board. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. We just have to figure out what the best i i think on board is certainly the direction it's heading
0: yeah i mean you have, and i mean i mean and i and even if you know even if you do need to break up i feel I, a friend of mine who goes to couple therapy was like sometimes a couple therapist just helps you break up but oh. like in the right way oh that's interesting but certainly I mean, don't go
1: in with that don't go No, that. i don't want <laughs> i mean i i don't want that to happen but right. uh you know uh, i don't know uh well i i but i either way i'm excited i have a positive outlook on this of that well, either way. Does Steven? Yeah, he does. Because there you Because he go. does want to change that. There the you go. The negativity, he does want to change that's it. That's a really great start. And he's so self-aware and which is amazing. And that's why I could talk to him about all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just like to have a partner that you can literally say, oh, I have a crush on this person and that you can talk about it and geek out on it and mm-hmm. kind of that's. To me, that is such a beautiful bond between two people and you're still sexually attracted to them mm-hmm. and you want to hold their hand and you want to, I mean, I I, I feel like I so long, this whole relationship, I feel like I've hit the lottery and I, but I think there's all, the, there's these little pockets of our relationship that I really have a problem with and I'm excited for the chance to work on it.
0: And I got to tell you, you're not really missing a lot on the outside, <laughs>
1: yeah. I well, know, mean, fe- like I know
0: it feels like you are, like you know. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm 23. I want to fuck a lot of other people. I had the same. Well,
1: that feeling of thing. chasing dick and feeling alive from that and the electricity that comes with pursuing somebody sexually, I hear is Exciting, and sure. you, you cannot get that with a person you've been with for a uh, long time because that's impossible. It's not how those feelings work, right? It's not uh, saying a lack on anything on your relationships part. No, it's just science. But you have kinda. to choose
0: one or the other. It's like, do you want to leave this, like this kind of like bachelorette lifestyle? for a long time because no matter what relationship that will always go away and i feel like there is you know it's like you guys you're very lucky that you're both so sexually explorative right because i mean even as far as you've gone and the fact that he's willing to like have a threesome with a dude i mean like i
1: know no one would do that just because of fairness he's like i mean to be honest no one would fucking do that (laughs) yeah i mean he would but he would exactly and he's not attracted to men at all right he's like you know what we've done it with a girl Right. Yeah. If you want to do that, absolutely. I'm on board. I'm like, oh, God damn it, Stephen. You were great. Right. Um. But, you know, it's just a weird time because I, the things I wrote about him in the book and we're on these like final, final, you can change one period and that's it of the book process. And I'm like, uh, two weeks ago, I was like, I, I just wrote the dedication and I'm like, oh, do I have to change that? And well, but I don't is that, but it doesn't I mean the words that you wrote in the book that doesn't change no, exactly. nothing about nothing, this I changes not, the relationship that you have had all this time exactly and I meant everything I said yeah I just dug real deep into it but uh, in the book but uh, yeah I mean it I meant it and I do still mean
0: it I still mean it and the so. lessons you've learned and the, and you know the woman you've become to sound corny but like none of no, that you're
1: right. none of that changes yeah yeah it's just it's, it's I mean yeah I've told you this but I constantly think about your joke about you can't listen to music after breaking up because mm-hmm. every fucking song is breakup song is some commentary if you on... listen hard enough <laughs> yeah i didn't mm-hmm. want to save you yeah but uh yeah i uh, it's just been a weird time but uh but a good time because it's 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 forcing you to kind of look at what you have and and figure out what the areas you can improve upon. And I'm all for improving anything in my life all the time.
0: Right. And I think, I mean, over, certainly over the course of this podcast, I think your relationship has been presented as something that was, you know, pretty much a fairy tale. Yeah. So
1: I think, I think it's, you know, I didn't realize that Steven said that. She's like, you build me up on the podcast to be this like angel, and that's really not who I you just only talk positive about me. And, right. I, and you're worried so that people protective. are getting the wrong image. I am so protective. You know, no,
0: him. and and that's also, you know, difficult for people who might be like working with you. Like I right. I know that I can't say anything negative about yeah,
1: Stephen. Yeah, but you can so. But you're different. You you can, because I know that you don't mean ill will. Well, I
0: mean, it's fine. We've been through a lot. We've are you know, Stephen and my relationship is certainly better. We've yes. worked on our relationship.
1: <laughs> well, there was times where i was like you should he was like can i just hang out with corinne and talk to her because you guys are very similar in certain things mm-hmm. but then you love yourself he doesn't love himself oh i could help him with that we i mean
0: should. we i mean yeah we i often find myself talking to steven at like parties and stuff where i'm like oh god i don't want to do anything that anyone else is doing Let's yeah just yeah talk about something because yeah. i'm not drinking you're not drinking right is, right
1: oof yeah yeah society
0: culture um yeah okay so that's that well, and be updated. But you're feeling positive right now. This is yeah. more positive than you were last week, for sure. Oh, my God. Last week, it was doomsday all day. Oh,
1: just, yeah. Okay. Just who cares about anything? What's the point? Right. Anymore. And it's
0: always alarming to see you in that. In that I'm never you're that. you're not like
1: that. That's why I feel like I'm allergic to sadness, because I was just like, when I was at Nacho Bitches, I was just like, looking at the floor. You were. And I just.
0: But allergic to sadness in that, do you, do you
1: find... The second, it, I feel a sad thing. I'm like out. How can I get you out of my brain? Why do you think that is? Because I don't like being sad. I like being happy.
0: But wait, can you run? Rem- What's the last time in your life then you were that you were truly that you were truly sad? Like was it? What was it
1: connected to? Almost. Oh, uh, when my mom got diagnosed with dementia. Okay. And couldn't do anything about it. Right. That's why that was the saddest feeling I've ever felt. Is it because it's, it's a control issue? There's nothing I could do about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because you are a control freak. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent.
0: Um. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cause I feel, cause that's, I think that's the difference between us. I feel very comfortable in sadness. Yeah. It's a comfortable w- place for me. But I think the like, world is a sad place and it's fine. Should I learn to be comfortable in sadness or? I mean, I think you need to be more comfortable in sadness because if you don't allow yourself the comfort of being sad, you'll never, you need to like go through the process so that you feel the I release.
1: Think, yeah. I think being sad is beautiful feeling. It can be really beautiful feeling well that, that's and also poetic
0: that's all that that's you poeticizing things it's i mean being sad isn't isn't I listen to the, really the, great i listen <laughs> not to not counting it. crows
1: colorblind for like t- 12 times
0: <laughs> 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 are you just thinking of like cruel intentions when they like get hit by the car
1: oh that's bittersweet symphony too uh, colorblind no, is on that well, soundtrack well, yeah but all, oh, that soundtrack is amazing it's like, that is oh. all around me or and i would listen that's the best I, that was one of the songs oh that i listened God. to and I would walk around the city and just be like, everything's shit.
0: But that's, that's, but so that is a step toward being comfortable in sadness to yeah. be able to kind of just sit there and just be like, roll around in the sadness. Like the sadness is like you're Scrooge McDuck and the sadness is his fucking pool full of money yeah. and you just need to roll around in it. But then the ability
1: to come out of it when it's time. Yeah. You say, I, I've felt sorry for myself long enough. Well, I can only feel sadness for, I have like a cap on it. My body has a cap on sadness. feeling. Like I cannot be, as sad as I was at Nacho Bitches. I cannot be that sad for more than two days. I, I the, When my mom got diagnosed, that lasted longer. Right. That, that was jarring. But, uh. I can't, my, even my brain will just go, okay, how can we rethink this? So you're not that sad. Right. And I just cannot feel it. It's like, I'm allergic. My body rejects it. Well, yeah. I mean, I spent a year in that deep level of sadness and I almost died. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah.
0: mean, I was not good. Yeah. So it's not your, it, you know, it's the body. It's your body is not going, this to ain't be good like if it
1: lasts forever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Your body's sending out an Well, FOS. that's why
1: depression is one of the most cruel diseases a sure. person can have. It's, It's cruel. But, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. All right. Thanks for listening everybody.
0: (laughs) Um, okay. And so that's, that's it for, uh, the intro. We're just going to bring on our guest. Uh, we we've had him on before. We basically never repeat guests, but for anyone who listens, you know, we fucking quote this guy all the time. He's like my personal, uh, Jesus. Beyonce. Which,
1: he's your Beyonce. Yeah,
0: I mean, he really is. I truly, like, live my life uh, a lot by some things that he's written and probably creep him out a lot with the amount of Google alerts he gets uh, over me mentioning him. And I, for that, I don't apologize. Um, he's a journalist. He's an author. He's a documentary filmmaker, screenwriter, radio presenter. He has a new Audible series called The Butterfly Effect out, as well as a film on Netflix called Oakja. Uh, please give it up for John Ronson.
1: Don't
2: you remember a single thing after I slipped through the crack in the earth? I fell to my death, leaving all my regrets as picturesque
0: scars in the dirt.
1: Where my body was left to return. To the ground.
2: You seem not to know me At least you don't show me Any signs of relief You stare
0: through me blankly I beg that you see me I seem to be out of this world I revel in you, my girl
2: Oh dear I'm still restless despite my contentment. I feel more alive than many a day of the
1: life that I left when I slipped past the world and abandoned my soul and abandoned my role as a man. We are so excited to be here with John Ronson. Hey, uh, how you doing? It's very nice to be back. Yes. Where? Oh, yeah, we were in a studio the first time. Now we're in my home. Yeah. Yes. And I've, I feel like my it's home. It's more intimate now.
2: Yeah. yeah. And on a number of occasions since I was here last time, people have kind of sidled up to me and said, I heard you. And I. You oh, know, really? Yes. It's, Yay. Can yes. I tell you the two most memorable occasions? Yes. I you I can love can say
1: anything out, you want. Love starting out in a reason why it's my favorite.
2: OK, well, the first one was when I when I was checking into the gym and the woman <laughs> like and I just, you know, I kind of beeped my app and the woman that looked at my name and said I I recognize you from a podcast. And I said, which podcast? And she said, it, it wouldn't be appropriate for me to say the name of the podcast right now in a workplace environment. So obviously it wasn't like the New Yorker radio. Right. Uh, so, well, that
1: could be offensive to some, you never know.
2: Yeah, so I assumed that. Wow. I can't think of any it, other podcast. Was the girl
1: like young and good looking? Yes. Yeah, that's us. That that definitely like, guys be fucked. It yeah. is blows my mind how beautiful our audience member, or our listeners, and then we go to the live show. And I'm like, you guys are all beautiful.
2: yeah. Uh, and then the second occasion was I was at a fancy dinner party and Ooh. the daughter of the hostess at the end of the night came over and said, uh, I've <laughs> enjoyed you on Guys Be Fucked.
1: Oh my God. That yeah. makes me so excited. These are just mm. instances in John
0: Ronson's life where he was hanging out with young chicks. So that's the only, the only two times. there's <laughs> <laughs> <because laughs> a young girl
1: nearby. Chances are, well, they, yeah, they put us up on the bus stops and stuff now. I saw that. Spotify. And I was like, good for you, Spotify. Not giving a crap what the people think, you know, just because... There's children, you know, I, I when I right. went to see, I went to like go take a picture to show it to my mom and there was just this little girl looking at it. I'm like, oh, move <laughs> along, honey. <laughs> uh,
2: but you know, on both occasions, I really got the sense that like people, like they're like the two women, and, and there's been like other occasions too, but on both occasions, I got this strong sense that like people don't just listen to you for like and just you know for diversion or entertainment yeah they listen to you because it kind of really sort of helps them in some way or matters to them in some way
1: yeah yeah there's this weird this is all right and we're using that for all promotion yeah so that's our (laughs) pr person and then there you go
2: yeah Yeah, I well
1: i think with the shamed uh the book that you wrote that we talked about last time we had you on Mm. when you help people feel better you kind of give them permission in a way to go it's okay that you're ashamed of this and it doesn't need to be a big deal they there's this bond that forms yeah you know yeah and it's nice
2: yeah there's t- yeah I mean there's a lot of people who have like vested interests to make other people feel bad about themselves so true. Uh, yeah why uh, do you think
0: that is though it's I, I think it's. they re- hate themselves it's right? really weird is there any other reason though
2: Yeah, I think there's a whole bunch of reasons. I mean, and in different, you know, there's different reasons for different circumstances. But, Mm -hmm. um, well, you know, we talked about last time, like sort of when shaming comes from the left, Mm -hmm. it's it's a sort of, I don't know, it's like a sort of political, I think a kind of, you know, misguided political decision to sort of reinvent the left as this sort of... Yeah, as this sort of aggressive, um, you know, if you don't step out of line, you know, a, a sort of hard... I, I was just thinking, like, you know, since, since we were last together... Trump got elected mm-hmm. oh, I forgot
0: about that yeah point. a lot has two, happened two seconds when yeah I forgot
2: about a it. lot had happened and I'm sure you know I'm sure that like you know part of the reason why Trump got elected was because a whole bunch of people in middle America who would have voted for Bernie probably um who would have voted for somebody who spoke to the, the working classes instead like, looked at the left and what the left was doing and they knew this from like you know Breitbart and Infowars because they were propagandizing the hell out of this stuff was that you know the Left of just getting people for like, for small transgressions. And then people in the middle of America would think, well, fuck that. Yeah. Like, that doesn't speak to me.
0: Do you really think that a lot of people in middle America would have voted for Bernie over Trump? Yes. I mean, he, he's a Jew, I, I, though. I really don't think they would have. Honestly, I think there's yeah. still a lot of anti-Semitism that I mean, it, even in New York that I uncover because I, I call myself like an undercover Jew. People don't always know because I'm Italian, too, yeah. but I'm both. So gotcha. Uh, and so people say really shitty things about Jews in front of me all the time and i'm really really? yes all the time and i'm like it's huh. fucking new york guys Damn. i mean yeah. the chances that a jew is in it can hear you right now is like 99%
2: yeah there's a guy in our building um who works in our building who told my um son that he was reading a book called synagogue of satan and i was thinking fuck you it's are like really you're like, living, like comedy you're thinking you're living in the wrong town if you're yeah. suspicious of jews like we're everywhere especially the upper west side
1: oh now see that just made 10 more people suspicious <laughs> right. for that remark i don't i just found out i'm jew well i found out i'm jewish since we last talked Oh. 48% Ashkenazi Jewish on my mother's side.
2: Oh, well, She's you're adopted. welcome. You're- yeah,
1: I feel like I feel like i have like got a, I'm
2: like accepted now by all these
1: Jewish people. and It makes me so happy. Yeah,
0: yeah. we really hate anyone who's not Jewish. Yeah.
2: Like, Ashkenazi is Eastern European, right? Yes. Yeah, that's what I am. I did. I did. A tw- I, I got I got one of those like 23 and me. Is yeah, what I did. Yeah, I did 23 and I am fucking. 91% what? Ashkenazi. So you're barely really. But it's on my mom's side. All right.
1: All right. Wow. I didn't come here to get shamed on my Judaism, <laughs> Jewishness.
0: Me. Wow. Yeah. You are exceptionally that's the only person who's more Jewish, I think I, Morgan Murphy posted hers and it was
1: like 99 percent <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, yes, that is Jewish. You won, Damn. girl. You won. Yeah.
1: Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the other things that we talked about last time was porn. Mm. And you kind of teased a project that you were doing. In which you were on a porn set and just, I just wanted to, like you on a porn set, just, I have so many
2: questions. Well, I've been on so many porn sets since we last talked. Let's get into it. Stepdaughter cheerleader, Audrey. I should (laughs) explain. Yeah. Oh Um, my God. Actually, been, OK, so the last time we met, like I'd been on my first porn set and that was a film called Public Disgrace. And that's because I was writing about public shaming. And somebody suggested that I looked into how public shame had become a, a kind eroticized. of eroticized. Yeah, I'd been eroticized. So I went on the set of Public Disgrace. And my big memories of Public Disgrace were the fact that it just went on for hours. Like, Well, like, that's the
0: one where people shouting at the girl in the center, right? Yeah, there was a girl yeah, in the center. Yeah, because you mentioned that. Yeah, 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 yeah she's yeah. dragged into right. the bar.
2: She's called Jodie Taylor. She's dragged into the bar by Princess Donna uh, from Kink. Right. And then everybody in the bar has to like feign surprise.
1: Right. Were you one of those people or were you like behind the
2: camera guy? No, I was in the bar.
1: You were in the porn. This, yeah. This is, you yelled. He told us the
0: story last time. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. This is how I the last that. podcast ended. Oh, yeah. Yeah. okay. So, so we're picking were, up right right, right.
1: right. And I wanted to go look up that video because you were actually in it. And yeah, I didn't I didn't,
2: I didn't yell though. Like I'm not. Somebody who would yeah, yell yeah in a yeah. Uh, in a form film. Yeah. I sat there quietly. And, what did people say? Um, I remember like somebody, because people were like trying their best to like, they were just being game. They were just trying their best. So somebody uh, <laughs> somebody shouted out, uh, put ice on her teeth.
0: <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> put ice on yeah, her teeth. Yeah,
1: take that, whore. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. Wow. Well, there was, ice... you know,
2: there was an iced drink in the bar. Oh. So somebody suggested that like, to humiliate her. She has her very teeth.
1: sensitive
0: enamel. <laughs> And that's why the UCB yeah. is around because people are real bad at
2: improvising. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I um, inadvertently uh, crept into shot um, because I just wanted to see what was going on. And like there was such a crowd of people. So I sort of <laughs> crept, I crept into shot. And then so somewhere there is a porn film called Public Disgrace and halfway through a and a kind of owl-like journalist yeah,
1: it just pops up. yeah just
2: pops over with a notepad
1: what's uh, going on over there
2: yeah I think I've ruined I think I I think I was a buzzkill um, oh
1: I'm sure she loved it I'm sure I'm sure it was a great addition to the piece
2: yeah I don't think I might have mentioned this last time but the other thing my other big memory of that night was the fact that it just went on and on and on like like I was ready I was on New York time and it was in LA so I was already tired and mm. it was like two a.m. and I was just thinking, you know, about the guy because by this time they were having sex, and and I was just like, please, Thank God, please, please ejaculate!" Yeah,
1: so
2: I can go to sleep.
1: A lot of women think that too, but yeah. in different circumstances. Yeah, I was right. like
2: millions of women before me. <laughs> um, so, so anyway, I was. I, I remember thinking that it was like a good atmosphere. Well, you know, my. I tell you what, I really remember thinking. So I was meeting Princess Donna. Uh, at the hotel, I think it was the next morning mm-hmm. or the next afternoon, at my hotel, and I was staying in a quite a fancy West Hollywood hotel. Yeah, you was. Yeah, the, uh, um, uh, the Chateau Marmont.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: And the and I was in my room, and the um the concierge phoned and said, "You know, your guest is waiting for you in the lobby." So I went down to the lobby and everybody in the lobby was wearing exactly what I'm now wearing, like kind of grey hoodies, like kind of, you know. They're all um, New Yorkers. Yeah, um, sort of inconspicuous colours, except for Princess Donna, who looked like this kind of, you know, great mad peacock. <laughs> and I walked towards her, and I, I happened to look over at the guy behind the desk, and he was looking at her, not realising that that I was looking at him, looking at her. And he was looking at her with a look of, total contempt and uh, and it made me think you know wow there's some there's a lot of people out there who are only comfortable with porn people when they're on their computers Mm -hmm. and not in their vicinity Mm -hmm. and then I thought you know with contempt comes in curiousness like he is not going to be curious about her or her life
1: oh that's a great point yeah and that's a dangerous thing
2: it's true right
1: yeah because curious people are often not violent or, I don't know, It does, there's certain attributes to...
2: Yeah. I never really thought about that. Yeah. Damn,
1: John, you're good.
2: <laughs> Around the same time, I went to this radical honesty session at this church school in uh, New Orleans. <gasps> of course you did. Yeah. And uh, it was for, actually, this ended up being in my porn series. I should explain that, that all of this is in a series that I've made called, for Audible called The Butterfly Effect, everything mm-hmm. that I'm telling you. Uh, so... Um, so so one, there was this girl there from a church, from from this church in New Orleans, and she was confessing her secrets. And her secret was that she was, in her words, addicted to porn. Hmm. So afterwards I asked her, um, what porn sites did you go to? And she <laughs> said, uh, she said, Pornhub. Like, of course, like yeah. everyone, that's where everyone goes. It's like the number one Google search ranking. Sure. So um, I said, oh, did you ever like get to... Get so into it that you would recognise the actors, like, oh, there's Stoya, mm-hmm. and she said, uh, no, 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 and then she laughed and she said, it's like when you kill a deer, you don't name it because then you can't eat it. Whoa! Yeah. So I thought she was being very self-aware, like she knew, like, like.
1: Yeah, you know, she
2: she was being self aware when she said that, but again, I thought you know she had to be incurious about porn people to not feel bad about herself. True.
1: Yeah. Well, that's that because that creates that emotional distance that allows you to take pleasure in something that could be, uh, I don't know, because there's so, there's some weird correlation with like horniness and anger or like just it's like when a yeah. person is turned on also it's like their dark the dark side of them is like activated in a weird way I don't know it's, what it's more psychology... like you going to a
0: fit of passion I think like I feel like when you're about to kill someone or what that would be like I've never killed anyone don't go, go you just kind of like it's like a black it's almost like a blackout like there's blackout rage and then there's oh, yeah. blackout horniness yeah 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 we've that all is had, horniness we've I all think. had like a blackout horniness where you're just like whatever I gotta do right now to all come the time yeah. yeah
1: and then afterwards you're like wait what was I doing sure I'm yeah hungry.
0: and that's why like that's why. Like uh, men have explained that, like a lot of times, like that's why they'll kick a chick out of bed because they'll like do do whatever they want, and then like almost the sight of the woman disgusts them afterwards. Like a lot of my guy friends have said that. Yeah, because
2: interesting. Yeah, disgusts them because of their own fucked upness. Sure, exactly. It's more of a self reflection. Yeah. So once Mm -hmm. again, you know, our own fucked upness, our own shame, means that we then lash out against an innocent person, Mm -hmm. which is just what my public shaming book's about, right? Right. Right. We want to hurt people, and then we and then we uh, feel bad about hurting them, but we don't want to feel bad. So we just think, oh, I'm sure they're fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, that conversation that we had last time, it blew my mind. And that book just changed how I think about, and I've thought about you a lot. And so so has Corinne, like throughout the presidency where you feel this urge to shame the president and you go, well, he's, he speaks in a vulgar way. He so I should be able to do this. But then it's like, well, why am I, I you know, and then you just get into this black hole of reasoning and you, know, you can't yeah. figure out what the right thing to do is. Well, yeah. sure, because
0: there is this thought. It's like, okay, well, you, you he's the president. So, you you know, it, it behooves us all if he does a good job. It's like, yeah, it's fun to see someone you don't like fail, but it's not fun when it's, they're running the country that you live in and it affects your life. So true. So yeah. you want him to do well, but it's like he doesn't really have a shot because all the le- leaders of all these foreign countries, I mean, except for his uh, buddy, putin are like just outwardly disrespecting him and not giving him a chance kind of at anything so then it's like well i don't know how to feel about this yeah <laughs> it's like it's, it's like if we're not going to kick him out then shouldn't we kind of like try to be behind him as much as we can <laughs> i mean do i don't think? know i'm really conflicted about this what yeah what do you think because i follow sure. you on twitter i follow think, you on social we're gonna media think the same thing that you think and you uh, you put your opinions out there and, you're the only person sure. whose opinion i follow it, <laughs> so I mean, that's I kind of the true. the only person's opinion
1: uh, that she really <laughs> respects it.
2: Well, honestly, when it comes to Trump, I think there's there's no way back from mm. the fact that in Inez- his. In the speech in which he announced his candidacy, mm-hmm. he called Mexicans rapists. Yeah. And I sort of that felt... That was the, okay. Yeah, so so honestly, my feelings about Trump is that, you know, you can have sort of nuanced feelings about this and that. But my my kind of grand theory about Trump is that the moment he did that, it's like, you know, how do you... How do you come back from that? Like, That's you, know,
1: you, you. You unveiled who you are and who you yeah. always
2: will be. It you, seems. Yeah. Part of the reason why you became president was was appealing to like the basest of emotions and demonising people who shouldn't have been demonised. Mm-hmm. And so you know and and. And he did that throughout his campaign, so I yeah, I including
0: feel, Hillary, of course.
2: Yeah, and and Muslims mm-hmm. until oh we find out what the hell is going on. And as a result, you know, and then the travel ban happened as soon as he became president, and it was like chaos. I know it only lasted a day before the courts stepped in, but the kind of you know the confusion and panic mm-hmm. and sorrow, you know, that that he spread across the world. So so my you know so I have kind of nuanced views about about Trump on you know sort of you know small, but but my sort of my kind of. Mm, my overriding theory about Trump is that he did so many bad things to to become president that I've got no sympathy for him.
1: Yeah.
0: So then, but then, so what do you, what do you, like, what are your feelings? So what do we do? Because he is the president, no matter if we like him or not, no matter if he's yeah. terrible or not. And like, so what do we do? Because I feel like the country is in, uh, you know, a constant state of chaos right now.
2: Yeah, it's funny. Someone <clears throat> said to me the other day that like, yeah, okay, I've got this friend who has, who's a voice hearer. Uh, I, I do these shows with her. Um, so she's, she, you know, she was diagnosed as schizophrenia. And, okay. Uh, anyway, like- what oh, voice hearer. Voice hearer. Um,
1: Oh, that's a nice way. Is that a nice way to say Well,
2: she doesn't like the term schizophrenic because okay. it's. Well, it's such an interesting story. As a digression, will I tell you this story? But then, can I? Can we talk about porn some more? Absolutely. Yeah. Good.
0: We need to go. We need to go off track. We well, don't worry. We have yeah. tons of time, John. We're only yeah. fifteen minutes in.
2: Okay, that's good. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you my Eleanor story, and I think in, in the end it offers like a potential insight into Trump. Um, if you think of Trump as a particularly malevolent voice in people's heads. Mm-hmm. So my friend Eleanor was like, you know, she had a rough childhood. Um, you know, there was some abuse there. Then she went to college. And one day she, you know, she was fine for the, you know, she kind of joined the clubs and like, you know, film society or whatever. And then one day she got out of bed. And as she got out of bed, she heard a voice that said she is getting out of bed. So Eleanor like, looked around and there was no one there. And then uh, she left the the house and a voice said she is leaving the house. So then she walked down the street. Oh, my God. And the voice said she's walking down the street. So for several weeks, this... this this voice would just narrate whatever she was doing in the third person in quite a benign way. Like she, you know, she was a bit alarmed at first, but after a while, she was, it was like, just observatory almost. Like yeah, yeah, it's like a movie. Yeah, or like, or as I said to her, like like the world's most boring podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I'm going to the bathroom. Yeah, or she is going to the she bathroom. She is. Yeah. uh Anyway, after a few weeks of this, uh, she told her flatmate. Um, and she said, "Oh, it's funny things happening. Like I'm uh. hearing voices." And her flatmate like said, "This that's very bad. Like it's very, very bad. You need to go to a doctor." So she went to like the college doctor, and the doctor said, "What's wrong with you?" And Eleanor said, oh, "I've been feeling uh, anxious." And the doctor she said, "Was like kind of palpably bored." She said, "I've been feeling a <laughs> bit depressed." And the doctor yawn. Yawn. And then said, "Oh, and I've been hearing a voice." And she said, "The doctor like." run around, like dropped his pencil. I was like incredibly excited. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're talking lady. Yeah. So the doctor then sent her to a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist said, you should spend a little bit of time in a mental hospital, but it's fine. Like there'll be just like table tennis and it'll be fine. So she said, okay. So she went to like the mental hospital and then got committed and was diagnosed with schizophrenia and, the really interesting thing about this this story is that the like when she was told it was bad it became bad Mm. so the voices got much worse and much more frightening like when she was told it was bad and when she was diagnosed with schizophrenia it was no longer one voice it was like 15 voices all yelling at each other (laughs) and yelling at her it got so bad that um at one point, she tried to drill a hole in her head... Oh, my God. ...to get the voices out. Yeah. So that's why Eleanor sort of... ...kind of won't use the word schizophrenia... ...because she said, like, a like a frightening label like that made it worse. So, anyway... Uh, it gives a
0: power, almost.
2: Yes. And um,
1: paranoia and a
2: guilt yeah. or a shame. Yeah, all of those things. As opposed to, like, how she began to see the voices... ...which was as as, like, parts of herself, like... Um, like reflections of herself like friends instead of enemies so when she started to feel that way about the voices and stopped like fighting them and battling them but instead started thinking well maybe they're sending me messages about my own health like the voices get a little bit worse when I'm stressed out Mm -hmm. so that means I should Calm down and chill out, and then the voices get better. So she learned to think of the voices that way, and then she went back to college after like ten years of being committed Jeez. and ten yeah, years. Ten years she was like in the mental health system. Yeah, wow. uh, she went back to college and got the, the the highest degree that that particular college had ever given anyone in psychology. Uh, she's now like a kind of noted academic. She said the voices like gave her the answers as she was doing her exams. So she oh used my them to goodness. her advantage. Yeah, yeah. She used a voice to advantage. And I say to her, like I, so I interview her on stage as a part of the show that I do called Psychopath Night. Not that anything to do with her condition was to do with psychopathy, but but it's kind of about mental health labelling as well. Yeah. Like so, um, yeah. so um and and you know I say to her like so when was the last time you heard a voice and she always says I hear them all the time like I hear them I've heard them while I've been on stage with you or I heard them like back at the hotel but they decided to stay at the hotel because they didn't want to distract me when I was on stage. Anyway, the way this relates to Trump is, that, uh, I honestly I don't know if this is good advice or not. It's probably bad advice. Probably but I don't like know. That. Well, I don't know if the, I, as this, long as
0: you feel it, it it's it's uh-huh. your it's you.
2: That's well, it's one perspective that okay. may or may not be something I believe in. Um, <laughs> but she said, like the more, the more she she fought against mm. these voices, the worse the voices got. But when she respect, not respected, when she sort of gave the voices like some time, um, curiousness, I, yeah, then the voices got better. And this is what Macron did in France, right? Like all the other European leaders are kind of, you know, calling Trump a twat. Right. Macron <laughs> invites Trump right. to Paris, like puts on a big, you know, pomp and, you know, sort of ceremony for me, like the military, holds his hand for ages and how Trump will do anything for Macron. So basically, Macron is Eleanor, Trump is the voices. Oh. <laughs> Trump is the voices in Eleanor's head. Um, wow, so, well,
0: I like that story because it goes along well, with the my comment opinion, about the wife. So. That, that, you know, <laughs> maybe the best
2: way to kind of control Trump is not because he—he's a—he's so you know, if he's you know somebody who's got such big narcissism issues is gonna fight back. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my god! Yeah, yes. like battling them in some circumstances just isn't going to work is what is your point yeah now,
0: well I mean yeah I mean I don't think we should just like sit back as the world uh deteriorates but I mean I think that I think it has to be more like we have to just be like more clever than him I think is the key so it's like yeah you don't want to fight everything that he says you, you just kind of like treat him like an idiot like oh okay that's a good idea yeah. oh what a great idea
2: <laughs> well that's what Macron did in France yeah. it's what Maggie Haberman and the you know the few journalists that he'll talk to do mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like when he a little bit of Mackie Haidman's interview with Trump, she's like, she's saying to him, uh, oh, you know, that dinner that you had with Macron went on late. You must have been very tired by the end of the night. Right. So that's like the way.
1: Right. And he's like, yes, I was very sleepy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you want some tea? Yes, Be I nice,
0: do. get them close, kind of get some insight. You want, mm. you know, it's like, you know, with like mafia worlds, you always want to keep your enemies close. Like, yeah. it, I mean, I really, I really think that's so That's smart.
2: Yeah, I think I think uh, I think you're onto something. Uh, Also, when the when the left, well, you've seen it happen these past few months. The left have have become kind of crazy conspiracy theorists about Trump and believe things that aren't true. And you know, there's a a lot of um, crazy conspiracy theories going on. Uh, because, yeah, because of the trauma of of there being a Trump presidency. But that's not helpful when you start getting worked up about something. Oh yeah, there's this, you know, this
0: quote unquote fake news is on both sides for sure.
2: Oh, no question. It's on both sides. I
0: mean, I I spend so much time when I see a tweet, when I see a thing on Facebook, I spend so much time looking up is this real or is this not? And then Snopes was a source, but I found out Snopes is just also paid. So you can't trust them either. So it's Mm -hmm. like, who Snopes Snopes? And then I'm just, then it's just a black hole and that's why I don't read the news. Kind of, I mean, because I can just like fucking just guess and use like the 31 years of experience I have and just make up, kind of almost as accurate a news story as I'm going to get if I read one.
2: Yeah, we're, we're in a tough <laughs> spot. We we need, um, I mean, I know that, you know, the New York Times and the Washington Post are doing their best, but, you know, they've made mistakes. They've published things that aren't true. Uh, CNN, yeah, yeah. MSNC.
1: Well, I, I feel like the reporters are under so much pressure to just pump out stuff and be mm. the first. So it's like, if you want to be the
0: first, you don't have that time to fact check like you should because it's a competition.
1: Mm. Speaking of pumping out stuff...
2: Porn. Porn.
1: <laughs>
2: so can I take you back to um, to the guy in the lobby at the hotel looking yes. at looking at Donna with contempt? You
0: are a writer. That was beautifully, wow. beautifully you just, executed. He, he you me. brought us on this
1: journey and then you gently bring us back. I yeah. love
2: it. Uh, so after that, I thought, <laughs> I thought, um, well, I had a couple of thoughts. First, I thought I, I had enjoyed my time on the porn set in the Valley for Public Disgrace. I thought it was kind of a little collegiate. Uh, and collegiate, okay. Yeah, and um, and my second thought was, I don't know anything about porn people. Like, I don't know their concerns. Um, and I remember that look of contempt in that man's face and I thought, I want to know what their lives are like. So, I, so the first thing I started doing, this is maybe... 18 months ago kind of close to two years ago I started reading like blogs written by porn people Stoyer had a blog and a few other people had blogs and I thought you know what, what you know what's concerning them mm. and it turned out that a lot of them were concerned about the very same very particular thing and it was a man called Fabian yep and uh I kept on hearing about Fabian and how fabian was ruining their lives Uh,
1: who the fuck is fabian (laughs) that's that that was my question who
2: the fuck is fabian so it turns out that fabian um single-handedly took over porn in around 2010 2011 um unprecedented one person From Brussels. Talk about a monopoly. Yeah, coming in and basically just taking over porn in 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 these very smart but pretty ruthless ways. I
0: was gonna say, I was like, how does one just take over porn?
2: Well, I can tell you. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So the first thing he did was buy a fledgling uh, website which had only been going a few months called Pornhub. So he became Mm -hmm. the owner of Pornhub, which was really a small. It was getting like a million hits a day or something, as opposed. Whoa,
1: it's getting so much more than that now. Yeah. I bet.
2: Oh well, now it's like I think I can't remember the exact figures, but you know, like like I think seventy-five million hits a day just <sighs> <Wow>. in America.
1: <laughs> Sneaking some education in porn, like secret education, they can't right. tell if They're learning.
2: And so much of the porn on Pornhub is pirated, um, mm-hmm. uploaded by by fans. Uh, so as a result of that, the valley just slumped. Because you know you'd make a porn film that, that until Pornhub came along you'd sell on DVD maybe or you'd sell on a subscription channel on, online but now somebody would upload it illegally to Pornhub so the money just sort of flowed like overnight the money just flowed from the San Fernando Valley into Fabian's pocket. Wow. Fabian became so rich that um, that in his den at his house in brussels he had his own aquarium that was so big that a diver had to come uh, every week to clean to like dive in in a wetsuit and clean the coral reef like you know you're doing well when you've got your own diver Jesus.
1: i mean i just can't uh, have you ever met him
2: uh, I've spoken to him down Were the you? line on a number of occasions, wow. but I've never met him.
1: I'm just so curious as to what, who, how he is as a person. Who he's, is a, he? he's a
2: nerd. He's a tech nerd.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, that, I'm that i sure. I wonder if he could have predicted when he bought Pornhub, and he essentially owns all of the sites, right?
2: Yes. Well, let me tell you what happened next. So this is when he, he things became quite. I mean, he would say like a like a good business plan. But I think from the outside, you think, whoa. Uh, I mean, it's very Walmarty. So <laughs> Fabian owned <laughs> Pornhub. The Valley was like panicking because piracy was like killing them. Fabian wanted to get a bank loan to help him expand. So like if you're a woman in porn... Sometimes you you found it really hard to get a even a checking account because yeah. you're considered like disreputable. Yeah, whereas it's
1: crazy they get they get shut down. Stoya was telling uh, us when we talked to her like it didn't, for no reason. But then all of our other porn friends had their bank account shut down. It's like well,
2: right, duh, yeah, they're considered disreputable. Whereas Fabian because he wasn't a female porn star, he was a male tech entrepreneur who basically wanted to create an empire based on the handling of those women's stolen porn, got a $362 million loan from a hedge fund. And
1: called, that called, is the disparity. that's a great metaphor for the disparities between men and
2: women. Yeah, and, and also men and women, but also, I think, but also like people, yeah, people who are deemed respectable and people who are deemed unrespectable. Yes, absolutely. Yeah yeah, yeah te- uh, fabian being a male tech entrepreneur like of course he's going to get 360 million dollars so he then used that money to go to the valley who were like panicking because piracy was killing them and then he bought all the, all their companies at like cut right cut price rates so then like, like now well not now cuz he's out of the business now but uh cuz he got um embroiled in tax evasion charges um but at one point in about 2011 2012 80% of everybody in the world who watched porn was watching it on one of his sites. Jeez. Um Damn. It means like incredible. Yeah. So I talked to this guy called Brandon, who was the head of Pornhub's mobile division.
1: His name would be Brandon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so uh, so on the plus side, if you've ever watched Pornhub on your mobile, you've got Brandon to thank. So, Thanks, I, boy. I, I do. I,
1: and sometimes I accidentally drop my phone on my face. I'm like, Ow! <laughs> But yeah, that's the only downside of watching porn on your phone. Right.
2: So uh I said to Brandon, you know, did you ever like set foot on a porn set? And he was like, No, 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 like ninety-nine percent of people who worked for Pornhub, like never set foot on a porn set. Mm. Uh, because they're tech people and they wouldn't feel comfortable on a porn set. So I said to him, Well, isn't isn't there a kind of negative consequence to that? Because you it means you're not able to see the negative consequences of all of that, you know, free porn, that pirated porn. Good call. Thank you. And he went, their livelihoods. Wow. <laughs> then he said, he said, businesses change and you have to adapt. So that was his... Uh, that and Brandon. that's who
1: he is. Right.
2: Well, I mean, so, that's also if, how
0: you become a business. I mean, a successful business. And I mean, also, and there's very few people who are like top business owners who didn't do something shitty. I'm not mm, saying
1: it's good. I'm not condoning it. That's what the it. guy yeah. in the lobby did, though, but, to Princess. I mean, that's in order to morally continue his job, he mm-hmm. could not humanize. Yeah.
2: And then Brandon mm-hmm. went on and said to me, so do you think YouTube shouldn't exist? And I had to agree, you know, that I, I don't think YouTube shouldn't exist. So, you know, it's not like he's... uh He's a Bond villain. He's a, he's a tech. Right, he's right, a, right. He's right. a tech utopian.
1: Yeah, I'll say. Damn. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's so hard. I
0: think about this kind of like this, a similar concept all the time because it's like, I do want to be really successful in the entertainment business, but you, there's just too many instances already when I've been presented with things where, like, to get more ahead, I would have to do something shitty. And I just don't want to do that. So it's like, do you just say, okay, well, I'm going to sleep at night knowing that i'm a moral person who is like less
2: successful <laughs> yeah maybe make a little bit i know less money. i think in the long run yeah that's what you do for
0: sure but yeah. it, it and it, but it's and it's but it's frustrating that's such a yeah nonetheless i mean it's still a human
2: yeah no I, I hear you i hear you these are kind of confusing times when tech <laughs> people are sort of all the world and we're all just catching up and part of the reason why we're well, we don't quite know what to think is because you know they're basically giving people what they want which is free porn Mm-hmm.
1: But then people like Stoy and all these porn stars are angry. You notice they were all angry
2: Mm.
1: because that affects their livelihood, their paycheck, their everything.
2: So I wanted to do, uh, you know, 99% of people up in Montreal, which is where Pornhub HQ is, never did. We're going there this week. We are going there this week.
0: Field trip. (laughs) Can you give us a
1: little uh, directions, a little
2: code to the door? It's an anonymous looking glass building uh, just off a freeway. Cool.
1: I'll type that in Google. (laughs) See where it takes us.
2: (laughs) Now it's called Mind Geek. It used to be called Manwin. Oh, Um, Stoya said to me, "I don't, I don't." um, Stoya doesn't appear in our series because I recorded her on a really shitty little dictaphone, and the sound Uh. quality was too bad. But she was just about the first person I met for my research, and she said it's it's not a coincidence that when Fabian. Bought the company he changed its name to Manwin.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say Manwin. Wow, yeah. but Fabian
2: swears it is a coincidence and he just mm-hmm. didn't think twice about it. Maybe it's a Freudian slip. Yeah, well, what,
0: what does so- Manwin mean then?
2: Well, it used to be called the Man, Man everything it used to be called Man Seth before he bought the company, so he just wanted like another. He said he wanted another six letter word which began with an M, <laughs> and Manwin yeah. sounded good.
1: Because men, yeah, that's why I know why it sounded good. <laughs> but that humanization thing, like I think you had talked to Stoya uh, by the time we interviewed you the first time because we were talking that my boyfriend dated her and I, t- I told a story on a, yes. a Comedy Central show about basically following a porn star and feeling emasculated and stuff. But the that one, I don't know if I brought this up the last time you we were on, but that line she said to me where it's she said, it feels like I'm standing on top of a pedestal inside a garbage can. That was <laughs> like, She's so, she's so brilliant with words and, uh, and that struck me. But one of the reasons why I hated hearing that and I felt disgusting because it made me realize that I was part of the garbage. And I feel like Mm. that's that every person who watches porn has to at some point, uh, distance themselves morally from, like, that's why it gets so animalistic and, and I don't know why people can dive in and enjoy it.
2: Right. Which is also, by the way, the other thing I've done since I met you last was co-wrote this film, Okja. And and that's what Okja is about. I love about. that movie. Thank you. That's what Okja is about, right? To eat the meat, you have to pretend there's no slaughter.
0: Yeah. No, I know. I was like, I was already like almost really considering going pescatarian. And I was like, no, I fucking have to. Yeah. Well, there was I don't a... even know what. But you eat meat, right?
2: No, no, I'm pescatarian. Do oh, know are what, you? Yeah, do you know what vegetarians what call us pescatarians? What? Uh, Fish and chippercrits.
0: Oh, huh. oh my God! Well, I mean, yeah. I just like you know, at a certain point, I just can't uh, have gas all the time, so I got to eat some fish. Well, yeah. there was a there <laughs> was know, a point at, do?
1: at the end of Ocha where I was questioning, like, oh, is I wonder if like I bet some people are saying this is a propaganda film because mm-hmm. they're. But you're not uh, like the way that the animals get slaughtered and stuff, but that's just also how it happens. Yeah, it's so accurate. There's it's yeah. truth. Yeah, it's, it's not- true.
2: And also the way Bong directs the slaughterhouse scene in at the end of Okja, it's not even like... It's it's hu- it's actually humane slaughter. Like yeah. Like the 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 animal the... dies in an in an instant. So you can't even mm-hmm. accuse Bog of like portraying the slaughterhouse as like you know horrific. He portrayed it as truthful in it. Right. And, and so the horror of it is is it's is is not exploitative. Bong, Bong directed that scene so... I yes. I directed the whole movie somewhere. And, but... and when
1: they were all... In the, when they were walking past and then the, all of the other animals were on the other side of the fence and they were crowded, I was like, oh yeah. my God, I want to And
0: cry. they're crying. And I mean, because animals do have feelings. And I mean, like, you know, I was talking yeah. kind of like, you know what animals can... Elephants can cry. And a lot of other animals can't cry. But it's like, if you think that animals don't have very deep feelings, like obviously you've never owned a fucking animal yeah. or like had a pet or like been in a place with an animal. Like animals are very smart and they have lots of feelings. Obviously there's different kinds and you know fuck fish but
1: yeah. <laughs> eh, fish whatever fuck they can't
0: walk <laughs> no i mean i still just get, get sad when like i hate when people like fish for sport um because i'm just yeah. like i'm just like you're putting that ant- the, the fish through so much terror and ripping its mouth and then throwing it back i mean can't you just like use something fake i don't know that's i'm like if you're gonna eat it at least like it's coming full circle yeah i don't know very it I, sets me
2: but but an answer to your question um i no not, not when when Bong got the first draft, and then me and him collaborated on all the subsequent drafts. And at no point were we like, you know, this is great. We're we're making a pro-vegan movie. We're right. making a propaganda film. It was, it was never about that. Right. I have noticed that, like Peter and Universal you know, of Animal Rights groups, are like really. Going for ja is like a, as a, as a as a way of getting people right. like, going for it. so, and I'm glad. Like I want yeah, people to and like the film. Way less annoying than Peter, right?
0: Yeah, way I mean, less. I hear what they're standing for, but goddamn, could you be any more annoying? <laughs> yeah.
2: but you know, I, I want people to like what I do, so I'm sort of happy for any praise. But that yeah. wasn't the intention of the film, right? Uh, right and right. in fact, you know, Mija's favorite, you know, Mija eats. Chicken stew in the film. Mm-hmm. She eats fish, so you know. So she doesn't become a vegan at, at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So that'd be yeah. really funny if she did an yeah. alternate ending. Well, I feel like it's more about her her friendship with. It's
2: about, yeah, it's about friendship and her realization about how the world works and it's how a... animals are pure yeah. pure souls. It's the same as my as the butterfly. Fed is my porn series. It's about it's about it's about looking inside the slaughterhouse. In terms Ooh. of porn, the slaughterhouse isn't porn sets but it's the tech takeover of the porn industry
1: and do you talk to various porn stars in this series <gasps> well
2: yes so after I heard about Fabian and interviewed Fabian I thought I want to do what like none of these people do which is I want to go to the valley and kind of See, look, you know, meet them, and and look at the consequences of the tech takeover of the porn industry. So the entire series, wow, uh, the Butterfly Effect is like a seven-part series, and the entire series is that it's looking at consequences, the and also consequence through to consequence through to consequence. So you end up in like the most unexpected, like real crazy places. Yeah, um, so it's sort of structurally. I think quite a kind of novel way of telling a story because the because fl- if you think of it as a butterfly effect, so the flap of the butterfly's wings is Fabian's business plan, and then the consequences are just go to the most crazy places. Wow! Yeah, and which and and the joy of the series, I think, is this adventure where it's like fuck. Well, I'll give you one example by the end of episode two. Um, as a direct consequence of Fabian's business plan, a man in Norway is uh commissioning three women to destroy his beloved stamp collection. And and those two things are connected. So for me, the fun of the Butterfly Effect is like the journey from wow. from from you know tech in Montreal through to stamps to being destroyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So that's wow. the kind of joy of it.
0: And so when you decided that like you wanted to do this so you decided on your own this was your own idea no one like pitched it this was your just experience i created this and yeah. then did you pitch it to someone and say hey this is this thing that i want to do do you want to be a part of it or
2: Yeah. so at the same time uh audible and i was like a fan of audible anyway cuz i listen to audiobooks all the time mm-hmm. and uh and and also i know that lots of people who read my books do it via me narrating. Uh, yeah, them. I had. Yeah.
1: yeah. So you've been public ashamed I have the audio.
2: Yeah. So I knew well, that like, a voice
1: like that, I mean. I know. self, self John. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Audible said to me that they were doing original content and did I have any ideas? So I thought, well, I want to do this porn thing. And I know that like Audible people like, like Audible subscribers like me and I like Audible. So I pitched it to them. Mm-hmm. So I started doing it like on my own and working with a producer in London called Lucy Green for a few months and then audible put me together with uh, with lena lena masizis who who became like my collaborator in this and and lena kind of embedded herself in the valley for a year Ooh. um and so I, there
0: was no hesitancy about like audible doing a project about porn at any point
2: if there was hesitancy it didn't kind of get to me okay that's um, awesome
0: Yeah, great. That is great.
2: It's partly because I I sort of said to them, look, like, I want this to be, you know, it's an adventure story. It's a mystery story.
0: (laughs) Uh, It's a (laughs) lighthearted journey. It's like Nancy Drew,
1: but everyone's naked. (laughs) And having
2: sex. Yes, it is like Nancy Drew, but everyone's (laughs) naked. (laughs) It's
1: like if Nancy Drew boned her stepbrother.
2: (laughs) So, you know what? Honestly, I think they were like happy that I was making an original series for them. Maybe deep I was gonna down. was going to say,
1: has Audible ever had that?
2: They've just, they've very recently started it's doing it It's a good that. idea. Yeah, so they're doing one with Esther Perel about <gasps> sex. Oh my God, her infidelity TED Talk is right. amazing. You should get her on. She, she's yes, doing something. For, I would love to. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're doing sort of a few others. But this this one's probably the most like highly produced like wow I, oh. this
0: one's probably like
1: the, it's like the best one but whatever i'm not trying to brag
2: or anything <laughs> well, but it's the best yeah. this well, the S- like the good one? <laughs> well i know that the esther pro one's been very popular people like that one a lot yeah uh i have no idea whether this one's going to be successful well, or not because it's not coming out for another two days <laughs>
1: oh it is okay i have i do have a it'll couple it'll be questions out by the time we're with this that you might not be able to answer because I don't, I don't know if it gives it away but will it will it ruin porn for people
2: no okay no, it's not. Well,
0: that's why everyone's not yeah. watching those meat documentaries. I was to ask you. <laughs> Hamburgers
1: forever. Yeah.
2: No, it definitely won't ruin porn for people. The our porn people, the porn people in our... Like, you know me, I don't do things about kind of good guys and bad guys. Right. But if this was a series about good guys and bad guys, which it's not... The, the good guys would be the porn people and the bad guys would be the tech people. Oh,
1: well, that's, well, I mean, who doesn't want to villainize tech I mean, that's, that's what, what I like. would expect. <laughs> and will, will yeah. it make
0: us more conscious about the kind of porn we are consuming?
2: Yes, okay. uh, it would m- definitely make you aware that it's not good to watch pirated porn
1: and that's good because i remember Stoya had trench coat uh her website i don't know if that's still going or if the company's still going i'm not not sure but uh i can't i can't watch it because of my relationship with her to stoya Mm -hmm. i just can't it's that that whole that whole necessity to remove yourself from the person you're watching and able to Mm -hmm. enjoy it i can't do that anymore but it i when i learned about that how how uh how much porn is stolen and how it's morally you should be buying your porn
2: yeah and no one cares because it's porn i mean right. no one cares when it's like musicians whose whose music that
1: LimeWire doesn't really exist anymore it fucked up everyone's computer but i i certainly did illegally download music see and... what we need
0: is like a spotify for
1: porn though like is there a is there a
0: site that has like a cheap price like ten dollars a month for porn
1: that's a really good
0: question because i could do that but it's like i'm not gonna pay a crazy high subscription price because i just don't watch porn that often enough that it makes sense. I
1: do. I should subscribe <laughs> to something. Someone... Well, because I was actually
0: thinking of uh, subscribing to Trendcore, but I, I also can't, I can't watch Stoya because of your relationship Sorry. with Stoya. Because we talked about uh, her too much and it's too personal now. Did you ever?
2: Did you ever? Uh, did you ever talk to her about the fact that you shared a boyfriend? You must have. Oh, right? I mean, that's she what was we here her. um yeah. I, That's okay, the yeah. story
1: that I told on the This is Not Happening on Comedy Central was feeling like less of a woman because I was the ne- the girlfriend after Stoya.
2: What did she say?
1: Um, she was very sensitive to that in a very sweet way. Well, I've had to message her a lot lately because of the book, uh-huh. like our legal department was like, you need to get permission from Stoya to say that she squirts like a fire hose. Uh, and there's just like the emails back and forth were amazing. And then I keep texting her like, Hey, sorry about all these. Can I talk about your requests? But is it okay if I tell the time about how I found your butthole fleshlight while our apartment was flooding during Hurricane Sandy? And she's like, yeah, she has a great <laughs> sense of humor and she's awesome. And she- She's always very, she's sensitive to the fact that I feel weird mm. and femasculated and which was very nice of yeah. her
2: to... What did she say? What was that like, the best thing that she said about that, about that particular thing?
1: She said now that when she dates people, or well, the, the trash can, the pedestal inside a garbage can was mm. uh, that line I'll never forget. But she said now when she dates people, she gives them this little talk when she breaks up with them or before she starts dating. them, like, hey, now you might have other girlfriends, you're gonna have other girlfriends after me and they might feel weird. Okay, they were, and I was like, do you do that because of me? She goes, yeah, kind of. And I was like, oh, thanks.
2: But what did she say after that? You might have other boyfriends. Yeah, other girlfriends. girlfriends, And they're going to- They might have a hard
1: time with the fact that you dated me. So before we date, do you want, do you just know that and know that you should handle it with sensitivity? And, you know, just, she's very, Uh I like her a lot. And she's a really brilliant writer. And she has this like sassiness to her that I think is really- Great. Um, but yeah, it was, but it's so, it was uncomfortable for me to be like, thanks. Yeah. I, I don't know. It felt weird, but.
2: I happen to notice today, actually, because I follow her on Twitter. She posted a picture of herself doing like a Stussy campaign. Uh, and that always makes me feel happy when a porn star gets sort of mainstream. Yeah. Because um, it sort of blurs the lines between what's considered respectful and what's not. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, when we when we interviewed her and she was talking about just the way people treat her and stuff and how um she a lot of times a a landlord will make her on a lease application uh, when she puts what she does, she'll have to pay a, a full year's worth of rent up front.
2: Right. And, and that she, is fucking yeah. bullshit. And you know what? Comparatively, I would say she has it lucky because she said to me, like she's been on the cover of like the Village Voice. She's like the sort of hipster <laughs> porn person. That where... was a big
1: part of my story. It was uh, a couple months into dating. It was, and it, the headline was the prettiest girl in New York as a porn star. When I was already feeling self-conscious, she was on every fucking corner. Right. Where her face was just staring at me. Yeah. And I was, yeah.
0: I feel something that goes along with her look though because she has this kind of like natural look that mm-hmm. you don't see a lot in porn. So it's like, you can't look at her and be like, that's a porn star. That's the, she fits the stereotype of a porn star. Cause she doesn't, she's super flat chested right out of the gate, really mm-hmm. pale, kind of like thin not, I mean like that's just, and, and so I think they're like, oh, well we can pass her as like this, like almost like an approachable porn star.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Right. And I think it's like more digestible for people.
2: Yeah. Um, so can I tell you about one or two of the things, because I was really interested in the consequences of vaping. Yeah, can I tell yeah. you one or two of these things? Because they're kind of unexpected and yeah. interesting. Yes, please. So I think some of the things that you think when tech techs over porn, you'd sort of imagine what the consequences are. So, you know, a lot of mom and pop porn producers are going out of business. Um, a lot of performers are going into escorting which I think you know there was always a certain amount of but I think it's really. You
1: have to rely on
2: that almost. Yeah like it's way more than before. A few porn people told me that like like escorting's like way more than it used to be before Pornhub came along so that's another. Um, another thing is that okay here's one this is one of my favorite ones uh favorite in a kind of dark way. Yes. So Uh, I was on the set of Stepdaughter Cheerleader, Orgy.
0: Oh, so that was not something you made
2: up. (laughs)
1: What was that about?
2: (laughs) Well, exactly. So I was like, so the director, Mike Quasar, said, you know, one of the biggest consequences of the tech takeover of porn is that all the titles need to be keyword searchable nowadays. Ah, So... I said so. It didn't used to be that way. And he said no, no. The first porn film I ever like wrote a script for, or as he called it, an idiotic script for. He said was called Women of Influence. Oh
1: wow! wow. Yeah. So there's, they took the artistic integrity out of or creative
2: integrity out of yeah. out of the titles. It's like the, a kind of arms race of keywords, like because wow. everyone's like scrabbling their way up the Google and, and search. And
1: pearl necklace too, exactly. Right. And when people are horny, they're stupid. I think I, I, everybody, yeah. every person, yeah. no one is. No one is immune from that. Who I think.
2: wants women of influence when you've got stepdaughter cheerleader orgy? Yeah. Exactly. So I said to Mike, like, I thought about this for a minute, because like in the back of my mind, I thought, well, uh, like, you know, the women of influence sounds in generally like a more kind of holistic porn film than, uh, <laughs> than stepdaughter cheerleader orgy. A lot of tea tree oil. <laughs> and- yeah. So I, I mean, I've never seen women have influence, but may, maybe the, I'm gonna go watch it. Yeah, for all I know is that the moral of the film is that women shouldn't have influence. But, um, m- but my feeling is that it should be like I think it,
0: it's like influencing your dick to get hard. Yeah, probably. Right? I don't think it's, it's like snake yeah. charmer kind of creating thing, yeah. a business.
2: <laughs> so I said to Mike, so you know, if everything's reliant on keywords now, mm-hmm. if it's all keyword, are there people in the valley who like? live in a kind of hinterland between keywords who can't get work like are there like people who just aren't keywordy enough to get work Hmm. and the answer was and this sort of blew me away the answer was you know yes if you're a 25 year old woman in porn now you you can't get work because you're too old to be a teen and you're too young to be a MILF so there's this uh, eight or nine year period these kind of fallow years between teen and MILF where it's like like you can't get
1: I'm not a teen I'm not yet a MILF
2: yeah 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 so I said so at what age do they become like a MILF and become employable again and he said well I I try and use 30 as my guideline although then Mike's assistant Jacob said yeah but if they're 29 and they've actually had four kids then you know they could MILF um It's. It's. Isn't that? I mean, isn't that such an extraordinary insight into not just porn but the internet, right? Yes. You've got it if you're not a teen and you're not a male flight. You're just. You could just. Just
1: appeal to my dumbest instincts and you're hired.
2: Yeah, you're You're nothing.
1: Nothing. Wow. I know. Oh.
2: So that now I wouldn't say that Fabian. It intended for that to happen. Like he would, he was never smart enough to kind of, you know, imagine that that would happen. But that's definitely a consequence of all of those kind of tech utopians up in Montreal that like a 25 year old woman in porn just can't get work. They just have to sit there till they sort of mature into a milf and become like employable again. Incredible. Well,
1: and we and you know what you know what fascinates me so that women in porn have a hard time earning a decent living. Like and to me in my head before I met the story, I'm like she's probably a millionaire. She's in all these covers. She's right. been in the Daily Show. She's been ever you know, and she uh, so many people are fans of her. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. Not the case. And and then we interviewed a humiliatrix, mm-hmm. uh, which was so fascinating. This girl Ciara, and she sells her she sold her poop in a Tupperware container twice for four thousand dollars each. Um, she has an ignore line where men will call her and then she gets paid to ignore them and tell them they're fucking idiots. And I'm like, what? And so, but she has two homes, a car she owns. Wow. She's making more money than these porn stars.
2: Well, that doesn't surprise me. Her
1: idea was unique though. True. (laughs) Yeah. But it's also, uh, simple. I get. I mean, it's just honing in on a kink somebody's yeah.
2: kink does she get paid if she just doesn't kind of reply to their emails
1: i don't know that i didn't ask
0: she I'm has sure. an email stuff she talked about some email things i think that was more like trying to like uh things were sh- it, almost getting caught by the
1: wife but yeah the, the guy would act yeah. out a yeah. scenario
2: right well that doesn't surprise me uh, even even i didn't know that particular thing that you just said but because the the way that porn people are making money now especially in those sort of you know hinterland years between teen and milf uh, <laughs> is to um is to have these one-on-one relationships with with their clients just like mm, um, yeah. the woman that you just said now in in that could be escorting but it could be something more surprising and interesting i think which was this other thing that we discovered when we were in the valley which was um customs like bespoke porn films so uh, if you've got uh, like a particular niche. That's so unusual that there's just no porn film out there that that does it.
1: Niche meaning kink or skill.
2: Um, it could be either, but okay. I'm thinking like niche. Okay. Uh, then uh, they'll make it for you. So you you write the script. So there's, like, so there's
1: custom porn.
2: Yeah. It's that like bespoke porn. I
1: love
0: this.
2: Yes. So wow. there's teams of professional porn people in houses across the valley who are kind of conjuring into life entire porn films for just one person. How much is that? Well, um, it depends on how complicated the scenario is that like the True. very the very first one we heard about. Uh, on the step of stepdaughter, on the step, stepdaughter Cheerleader orgy. Because the thing is, Mike these days has to shoot everything himself. Oh, how like many
0: a, times can you say that? I love it. Just keep
1: <laughs> saying
2: it. Is that the new Joe Dalera? <laughs> yes,
1: this? yes. Now it's not going to be that that gets me into the accent. It's, yeah, <laughs> stepdaughters, Cheerleader's stepdaughters.
2: So, um, Usually Mike shoots alone now because, you know, budgets are, are so kind of razor thin, the kind of profits are so razor thin. But because on Stepdaughter Cheerleader Orgy, uh, nine people were all having sex at once. He, Mike had to employ a second cameraman, like, for coverage. Yeah. So it was this guy. <laughs> a yeah, so a bitch. it was this guy called Nate. Uh, Nate Liqueur, Liqueur, um, <laughs> who Mike used to work with all the time in the pre-Pornhub days. But Nate just happened to mention to me and Lena... Um, Oh, this is like an unusual day for me, like shooting real porn. Um, And so I said, so what do you normally do? And he said, oh, customs. I said, what's that? And he said, he said what I said to you. Mm -hmm. So I said, so what's the kind of, you know, give me some examples. And he said, well, there was one guy, they never actually made this film, but this was the first one he told us about. There was one guy who wanted them to buy a van and it was a particular kind of van off of Craigslist. Like it was a specific van And he wanted these, he wanted to fill the van with women who would like drive around the desert for a week in this van, smoke cigarettes in the van, pee in the van. And then at the end of the week, they would drive the van out to the desert where they would blow it up.
1: I mean, that sounds awesome. I know, but where's the porn part? Well, do they fuck while they're in the van? Uh, he didn't mention that. Damn. Uh,
0: but so I think some people's like what they get off on is not necessarily
1: like intercourse. True. It's yeah. It's just like financial domination was one of the things I like. I
0: like when I, watching people right. clean. Remember we talked about that? That's an actual kink. Oh, you get turned on by that? Yeah would yeah. you get turned on when i clean my house no not oh. i mean just, i clean like, all the time i can't have like a personal relationship with the person true true, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but i wow. like wow and that's actually a, like a thing like it's more like it's just like a mm, like it's like there it's like a, there's a rhythmic kind of like it lulls you like a lullaby like it's calming uh, or like when someone does your makeup that's also like calming
2: does it does that include like i don't know Filling the dishwasher, does
0: that? No, it has to be. There has to be like some kind of a motion, like a like a dusting motion or like a wiping down motion. It's the motion, I think. Uh, yeah, like the, if you're washing the dishes in the sink, that can work.
2: Okay, but wow. loading a dishwasher,
0: no, that doesn't do it for me. <laughs> too much
1: clanking.
0: <laughs> yeah, too
2: yeah. much clanking.
1: So wait, with this custom porn video, did the women actually stay in the van that entire? I mean, that's
2: torture. Well, on that occasion, they, they had to budget it, like, unreasonably high because they needed to, like, hire a fire marshal to, like, you know, oversee oh, yeah, the, the exploding of the van. True. Uh, so they had to budget it at $30,000, and the guy never went ahead with it. It was too much. Damn it. So that van video does not exist.
1: Now, when these things Great get made, film, are they... do? Does the person who pays for them or commission them literally just get a hard drive with the file on it or... Can they share it? Does it go on Pornhub eventually? What?
2: Well, uh, there's two ways of doing it. Like if you pay a little bit extra, this was very, very handily for us because I wanted to like include some clips of these custom porn films in our series. Handily for us, the custom producers always retain copyright. Uh, so I didn't have to like ask the client's permission. Oh, okay. Because um, I'm sure they would have said no or just not got back to us or whatever. Uh, but so sometimes the customs producers will put the film onto like their own site and then somebody else can buy it off, off the internet. Oh, okay. But but then often it's just for that one person. I was
0: gonna say I would be pissed if I had a custom porn film and then everyone was watching it. Yeah. And it's not special. Yeah. No,
2: exactly. Uh because they write the scripts, they choose the camera angles. This this Ooh. this porn star we became friends with called Casey Calvert. Um uh told us like the one time it got kind of tense was that she, uh, shot a film for this guy and he got really annoyed with her because one of the camera angles was wrong. She wanted it all shot. He wanted it all shot from the front and she shot a segment of it from the back. And that was like disgusting for him. It was like the grossest, <sighs> the grossest. You thing. just have
1: to toe such a fine line with these, with people when they're like, when in terms of like fulfilling a, a kink or a, fantasy of some sort it's like damn
2: but um that is the only negative story that that we heard most of the time Uh the relationships between the clients and the customers producers were very positive oh that's great yeah
1: what surprised you that you learned well while making this series for audible like or with audible
2: well all the things i just said yeah um well you know fabian lie has changed the world for instance you know, how does every 12-year-old kid in the world learn about sex these days? Porn. Porn. And which porn site do they go to? Always Pornhub. Always Pornhub.
1: one of their umbrella sites. Yeah, um, like
2: YouPorn or Red Shoe, but it's usually Pornhub. It's like the 38th most popular website in the world. Fabian doesn't want to think about this. He doesn't want to think about the consequences.
1: When you talked to him, did you force him to think about the consequences?
2: Yeah, I mean, I tried. There was a few things that he said, okay, you know, yes, I worry about that. Um, one thing he said, okay, I worry about that, was the fact that Pornhub, like a positive thing about Pornhub, obviously, is that it's sort of it's the de- you know, the kind of ubiquity of porn means that porn is destigmatized. Mm-hmm. So it's not as, as as shameful to watch porn now as it would have been like 20 years ago. So, and, and obviously that's a positive thing. Anything that destigmatizes sex is good. Um, but One consequence of it is that the valley is like full of young women who grew up on Pornhub think that looks like a cool career move. Yeah. They come to the valley like Mm. there's more women trying to make it in porn now than like ever before. Damn. Yeah. And as Mike Quasar said to us in the old days, like there was a little bit of a sort of like you were Bonnie and Clyde if you wanted to go to the valley to make porn. It
1: was just like, ooh, you're like a runaway, I don't know, rebel.
2: Yeah, exactly, but not anymore. So a consequence of that is um, the valley's like inundated with women, which means that unless you're one of the very, very few porn Mm -hmm. stars who can somehow be a porn star now, uh, usually by signing up to this agency called the Spiegler Agency, this guy Mark Spiegler. I've heard of him in The
1: Hot Girls Wanted. Right Documentary thing Yeah
2: So he's still a kind of Golden seal of approval But he only takes like 25 women at any one time hmm. um, So unless you can get yourself To be a Spiegler girl as, as they're called What happens to a hell of a lot of people Is that you come to the valley You're like fresh mate For like a month You yeah. shoot and shoot And shoot and shoot and shoot And then you're just unemployed And you never get work again
1: And the pay that you get for that Is Way minim- less
2: Way less um,
1: And it's kind of like You have what this, you're being
2: asked to do Yeah
0: unfortunately you're like tarnished because uh, yeah. you know until the stigma goes away like that's a really big mm. problem on your resume for a lot of people and it,
2: and and it's <clears> such <throat> a short amount of time sure. that you're that you're living that kind of you know f- presumably you know quite fun theatrical life as long yeah. as it's the good porn the kind of porn like Mike Quasar shoots where right. everyone's respectful of each other and, and it's like a good working environment I'm sure there's like other porn sets that aren't like that yeah um yeah so that's an inc- so that that was one consequence that fabian was like yes i feel bad about that uh, but a lot of other ones he just but wouldn't it, take responsibility i mean
0: b- for. beyond that he can feel bad all he I wants mean, but like you know he's,
1: he's not doing anything active part of your fortune to start hmm. yeah. up a, a porn studio or something i mean just help put your money back into the damn industry dude yeah. you have so much of it i've
2: got to say fabian also feels <clears throat> like you might You know, part of me scoffs at this and then part of me understands what he means. Uh, Fabian also feels, like, stigmatised. Now, it's a lot easier to be stigmatised when you have, like hundreds of Martin millions of, dollars. of porn. Yeah, but you know, so so he sort of doesn't feel like an exploiter because he says, "Well, look, I I too am going to have the word porn follow me around for the rest of my life." But as but as yeah, Mike, but
1: you got a sick paycheck, Fabes.
2: Well, that's what Mike said. We put in the final episode of the series, we put Mike who hates Fabian mm. uh, together with Fabian to talk oh, it shit. out. Yeah, and that's what that's what Mike said to Fabian. Like, you know, if I had your money, I wouldn't. I, I can handle a bit of stigma. Huh. Fabian's response was, well, yeah, except having my money causes other problems. And Mike was like, what? And Fabian said, well, you oh, know, massive amount of like tax investigations and so on. Like he he says he wouldn't ever have done, he would never have been done for tax evasion if uh if he wasn't rich from porn.
0: Right, I mean, money wow. isn't everything anyway. I mean, I can, I can only imagine if you're that rich, like how many people are on your cock all the time? Just, Just asking you, your whole your family and your friends,
1: maybe. You no. Like people
0: in the in the industry are on you when you have a good bar show. Like if I, I had my own aquarium, it would be nonstop. Yeah.
2: He said, "This this guy who saw his aquarium said it was like the Great Barrier Reef."
0: Whoa, one?
2: <laughs> Which is now yeah. dead. Hey, doesn't my series sound good?
0: Yeah, it's very, very good, sounds, John. It's fascinating. I'm
2: talking it out here in the way that, like, I haven't really done it. Before. I'm actually oh, going to
0: really? listen. Yes. I'm actually yeah. even going to listen, and it's very hard to get me to. Listen to anything in my ears. I is that it.
2: because it's like a busman's holiday? Because you make podcasts. Yeah, is a I, busman's holiday I, a term that exists outside of. Berlin I don't. I have no
0: idea what you were talking about, but I yeah. used uh, context clues, and now I'm back on board. Okay. um So yeah, yeah, no, I can't listen. I listen to like maybe one podcast like a month, if that.
2: Right. Uh, right. So,
0: but this is. I'm gonna really. This is gonna yeah. be my first time having someone talk to me in a series. Oh, good. Well,
2: listen to be, all yeah. seven. I'm do all How do we seven. get it? Where do we go to get it? Well, thank you for asking. And can I, before <laughs> I give you the answer, just say I, I presume a busman's holiday comes from the idea that, like, people who drive buses for a living, then if like they go on holiday no on, a, on a bus, bus oh. yeah, it's not it's, a holiday. It's, it's, it's just horrific. It's well, just then. a
1: day at work.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I also like that we're calling it a busman.
2: Yeah, instead I, I, of bus driver. I've got to say, busman. <laughs> in Britain, we never call bus drivers busmen. I don't know why the phrase bus. I like that. I
0: like this phrase and i'm gonna to continue to use I it i
2: like it uh so <laughs> how do you get to hear the series i'll tell you there's a number of ways so it's
1: perfect sound <laughs> yes. like a vacuum cleaner salesman <laughs> i was thinking a knife salesman that takes out yeah. a shoe and cuts it in half
2: well you know what the upside the upside of doing stuff for audible is there's many upsides one is that they Put me together with Lena, who was John
1: like has the, a knife to his uh, throat right now. Audit, there's uh, a guy from Audible in a suit right now, <laughs> and he's about to stab John. Let's, he's continues to say <laughs> nice stuff
2: i'm about to <laughs> head to the downside uh, the upside is that they have like incredible resources like i was back and forth to the valley for like a year and like, no one complained and who's going to like for a podcast who's going to do that like, right no one mm-hmm. so that's and they put together with lena who turned out to be like, like just the best producer i've you know i've worked with and so there's many the the only complicated things that it does take a little bit of explaining as to how you get to hear the thing so let me explain okay so If you are an Audible subscriber, you can just get it for free. Just, Just go to Audible, type in butterfly effect, John Ronson, and it's right there for free. If you're not an Audible subscriber, then you can you. you can still get it for free. Be, all you have to do is download the Audible app. And on the Audible app is this thing called Channels, which is where all the original content is. Oh, okay. I, by the way, listen to Channels a lot on Audible. Oh, because, that's not that hard. Yeah, because one thing that Channels gives you is like, um, like the best articles in the New York Times. Somebody will read it out to you while you're at the gym. Which is what? better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Channels has a lot has like a lot of nice cool Shit. things. I'm going and uh, explore this. So that's two of the three ways. And and all of that's from July twenty seventh. And then if for some crazy reason you just don't wanna do any of the incredibly easy things that I just told you about, then
0: we won't shame you, but uh, we'll just think bad thoughts about yeah. how lazy you are. But
2: come the beginning of November, it's gonna be out on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, like for everybody for free. Oh. So, um but it's for everybody for free anyway. It's in already July. free. I, I, yeah. it
1: on, I think free was the key
2: so word. You don't we're have to wait to hear you don't have yes. to pay to just subscribe to Audible. Um I will answer this question. Uh, okay, so...
0: The man with the knife just gave uh, John a, a scr- <laughs>
2: crunched up piece the, of paper. The man with the knife is Lena, <laughs> my producer who spent a year on Um... Basically, Lena has said that if <laughs> if you go to audible.com slash butterfly effect, that that will give you like the instructions and the everything. Links to you everything you gotta do, yeah. I, I, I believe nobody has to pay for it, like for any reason whatsoever. The, I think there's a there's a tiny little window where if you're not an Audible mm-hmm. subscriber. In a few months' time, you might have to pay. A so get
0: more. on board now.
2: Yeah, but you know, basically everyone can listen to it easily for nothing. And how long is each episode? Uh, so the whole so seven episodes seven at least seven. about half an hour each.
1: Oh, that's yeah. oh, okay. I would that's have made awesome. it. You know,
2: so I think the whole thing's about three and a half hours. I would have made it longer, but I I abhor, uh, I abhor, um, flim flam less. I hate it. I knew would... what you I know what you mean <laughs> I know and I'm you're impressed speaking with myself for knowing language, what you mean.
1: But, I, but you wow. hate you hate
2: bullshit. Yeah, I hate like interviews going on a little bit too long. It drives me insane. I could mm-hmm. never be, I could on. you know, I could never do what you guys do. I just I couldn't do it. Like I can barely do As long as it. you're <laughs>
1: curious about the person the whole time, it's great. I, I I feel like we've been talking for ten minutes. And I mean yeah, there's I just really a lot do. a
0: lot of food you can think about while someone else yeah. is talking. As long as you you know, just <laughs> keep a constant <laughs> eye contact. No one will ever know. But
2: like, I find like being on your show or being on Joe Rogan or being on Mark Marin, I, I really enjoy being a guest, but you know, just but, the top of the top. Yeah, but being the host of it, I, I couldn't do it. Like, because for me, like, if I listen to like an hour's interview like that we've just done, uh-huh. I'm looking for like four great minutes. Um, mm. that's, that's the way my sort of brain goes. Um, so that's why I need like, so, so that's why the series, even though it took like a year and a half, it's only three and a half hours long. Wow.
1: But it's a compilation of the best of a year and a half.
2: By the way, I'm not in any way disparaging your, your way of doing podcasts. I wish I could do it. I I just can't do it. I can't.
1: Well, you have a curiosity about things that leads you places for Mm. a long period of time your, your interest in this Fabian after you were reading all the blogs Mm. led you to do this for a year and a half. I mean, that to me, I couldn't do, but that's fascinating. That's a different type of what we yeah. do
2: well what you do and you know what Mark Maron does so brilliantly you know you Mark and Joe Rogan I think are probably the three best at it, that I know <gasps>
1: that's another uh, audio clip we're gonna cut <sighs> right.
2: and what you do is like you somehow in the course of like this hour long or hour and a half long kind of encounter you you really cleverly sort of structure it so this like it's like a sort of moment happens and the moment is is across the entire the entire encounter oh
1: wow i never heard anybody put it that way i well i think uh, too it's just a natural conversation of us being curious about Mm -hmm. what we're talking about and our our guidelines for interviewing people are if you have a scenario or experience or an expertise or something that we're like wait what Uh done we could talk to you for probably five hours but we do it for an hour and a half so that people don't you know get bored but yeah that's that curiosity yeah being curious is is uh good quality is a fun quality to have
2: but you know you do things this is probably getting a bit busman's holiday but uh, Let's do it uh but i think like you're really good you do something that i i'm i'm bad at which is that, you know, you keep the conversation going by kind of interjecting quite often. I've got this annoying habit of like, in a situation like this, when I'm doing the interviewing of just listening for ages and letting the person talk for too long. And then it's like, you can't, it's just unlistenable to us. So you're, you know, so it it seems like you're just having a conversation, but you're not, you're, you're working, you're, you're, you know, there's a lot of paddling into the going on, right? It's yeah.
1: not calculated though, which I, which is the best part about it. It's, ah. it's just like it's just naturally flowing, um, which I like. But I was thinking, you know what I was thinking? This is like a random interjection. The way technology is ruining porn, technology is doing that for a lot of like everyone has a podcast now because it's so easy. There's so many, the number of podcasts that exist or I feel like I'm sure there are exact figures on this, but have quadrupled since the past three years, two years, mm-hmm. even. And then, and then also Steven, who's an, uh, who's a director and he makes film content for people and companies. He's like, and now because cameras can be made so cheaply and pr- have such a great quality of picture, any Joe Schmo can do it for cheaper. Somebody's always under. So that undercutting is mm-hmm. also a direct effect of, Technology taking over an industry.
2: Yeah, oh so much. It's it's happening in, in music, it's happening yeah. in radio, it's happening in porn, it's happening in journalism. And sometimes it's for good. Like, you know, you want to empower people, of course. Um But, but- everyone <laughs> <laughs> I do sometimes think like, you know, the great thing about social media is that it gave a voice to voiceless people, but that doesn't necessarily mean that people should use their voices all the fucking I know. time. Like I've this, thought
1: about this a lot and I feel yeah. mean, but I'm like, maybe not everyone should have a platform. Well, just
2: not use it like all the time. Like the tyranny, the tyranny of needing to have an opinion about everything. Like sometimes just, you know, you don't need to say you anything. You don't need. And also yeah. we don't need to know everything yeah.
0: about your life. Like, like, I mean, I've seen the, like Facebook updates, like I got new contact lenses. Like, can I tell you how what? much I don't care about that? Like yeah. that's that's like, like, that's pollution on my Facebook. Feed. Yes.
2: Yeah, and it's like you know, going back to public shaming. Like my last book. Like you know, one of the problems of like a sort of pile on is that. Everyone feels like they have to like get involved. Like you can you can think that somebody did a really fucking stupid thing, without having to like tell that. Let be one of right. the hundred thousand people yeah. to tell that person. And
1: now that's so rare that it's like to have an opinion and go. I'm not gonna post it. I'm just gonna keep that to myself. It's like oh, that's kind of nice. And I yeah. wish more people would. I mean, because I feel like it, it, exactly what you said, current. Poll- it's pollution. It feels like pollution. Yeah. Um,
0: all right. But anyway, let's cut the, uh, the this flim flam and wrap uh, it up. Where can we find you besides Audible?
2: Oh, uh, you mean in like doing other things? Oh, yeah. yeah. Anything yeah. else like Books, on, the, on social it. media, uh, in
0: life? Anything else you want to blog
2: <laughs> real quick? Whoa. Oh, well, on Twitter, I'm at John Ronson with no H.
0: J O N R O N
2: S O N. Yeah. And I guess my two new things since I saw you last uh, are the butterfly effect and, mm-hmm. and Okja. Um, on I, ne- which is
1: on Netflix which, is which on you Netflix. have to watch
2: it's one of the most beautiful films I've ever seen thank you I have many interesting projects just out of reach just
1: <laughs> so you can't just, talk about them yet
2: yeah none of them have been commissioned you're so three.
1: busy it's I know you're odd. always doing such cool shit but, I'm in a,
2: but right now I'm, I'm in a slightly frustrating position which is that there's like a whole bunch of things that I really want to do but they're all like like somebody needs to give me permission to do them. Like oh, and and I'm just I can just You're feel right them. outside
1: the bubble. I'm of, right outside yeah. the bubble of like
2: five like really wow. good projects. And and I'm thinking like logically, like one or two of them might like have to come off.
1: And how do you decide the topics? Just your curiosity?
2: Yeah, sometimes it's me, sometimes it's it's other people. Um hmm. so for instance, there's a couple of the way to get like i've i have found like i've been involved in like two movies well three movies if you Count the minister goats, which I wrote like the book of. Yeah. Um, but I was involved in like Frank and Ukje. I kind of co-wrote both of those films. And what I found about movie, I hope that, is this boring? Is this no? Of, I'm fascinated because okay, well. you
1: dive into so many different parts of humanity with everything you take on, whether it's a movie right. or, a, or a book. Yeah. And that's why I want to know, like, what, where is that? stuff? So what are the roots?
2: Well, what I've what I've noticed with movies is that the, like the way movies get made, and and I think TV shows too, is uh, to sort of Jump aboard a moving train. Mm. So so the moving train of Oakcha was the fact that Bong joon Ho, who's like a beloved um director and is like in Korea, he's like the most probably one of the two most popular directors in Korea uh, sort of asked me to get involved and so I kind of leapt on board that train. Wow that's cool. Yeah I suppose you know once in a while you can like write a script on spec. like if I write if I've got an idea for a book I'll just write the book and then it'll come out and that's easy but if you've got an idea for a movie and you write the script it, it almost definitely won't get made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you need to you need to get involved in a project where where there's some reason you know what like film people they don't want to make fucking films they don't like there's so many like, i'm i'm slightly exaggerating but basically like if you say to a film financier you know can you give me 10 million dollars they're gonna go no like what the fuck are you talking about like yeah. films don't make money most of them and it's a lot of money to make a film 10 million dollars is cheap like okja oh, was like 50 million yeah I was like 10 million oh. it's like
0: an independent film now. yeah
2: exactly so so the way to get a film made is to is to get involved with something where a big movie star wants to do it mm, or a big director it. yeah or or really or a kind of really kind of popular producer and that's why all these things are just slightly out of reach because there's like things I want to do but for them to be viable like like I have to get like a really great director or a really great producer or a right. really great star
0: but aren't you famous I'm so confused. I was gonna say you're a
1: famous mm-hmm. person and a well like you're a you're a famous intellectual. You You're and, a famous and people
0: author. are, are you influenced
1: not? <laughs> uh, openly are fans yeah. of it.
2: I think, in... and if you
1: ever want to do anything with us, yes, the answer is yes.
2: <laughs> well, I think in movies, all of that doesn't count for that much.
1: Mm. Uh, yeah, that industry is a whole other yeah. ball ballgame.
2: It counts for stuff in like. In books and podcasts and stuff, mm-hmm. but I don't think it counts so much in movies. You need to, like, you need to like hook up with a director that people love or a producer that people love. Okay, that's why I'm in the position that I'm in now. I'm just waiting for that extra thing to make a to make a project like like doable
1: pop or happen. Yeah, yeah. The, the chair mm. on top that'll actually be Ex- the green light. Exactly. Cool. All right. Well, let, you want to end on a porn? Uh, just really quick, really quick. Uh-huh. What's the weirdest thing you saw on a porn site throughout your times on the porn site? Or the funniest, or porn set or porn set? Por- I'm sorry, porn set. Porn porn set. set. Porn um, set. W- Injuries.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, we, I was on the set of um, Amish Girls on Rumspringer Volume 2. <laughs> um, <laughs> the director Amish, um, I love it. Yeah, oh, my gosh. The director Mike said, uh, uh, that he's surprised that he was commissioned to make a volume two, but maybe volume one left too many unanswered questions. True.
0: I've gotten um, kind of into Amish porn and Mormon yeah. porn, and it's pretty good. Whoa.
2: Why? I, I didn't even know It's that. pretty good
0: I discovered Mormon girls And Mormon and Amish I mean I know Very different To right. the people who are But kind of like
2: The same to look at Okay you you say Amish <laughs> And I say Amish oh, Yeah that's why I Amish. thought
0: it
1: was That's why That's why I thought Wait it was do cute. Amish people Say Amish or do they say Amish
2: They probably say Amish
1: Yeah Well you got an accent You got a pass yeah. So is that So you saw something On that set
2: Well no Just the fact that That set existed Um <laughs> I'll tell you. Okay, I'll tell you a moment. I'm, can we end on like a sad moment? Sure,
1: perfect. That's life. Okay.
2: We've spoken much during this interview about stepdaughter cheerleader Audrey, which turned yes. out to be a quite uh, pivotal moment oh, in my life no. that day. Um, at one point, Mike wanted to shoot a uh, establishing scene of the. Of the cheerleaders arising arriving home from cheerleader practice. So we were outside in and this is like in a big mansion in the valley, like secluded mansion, but somehow some kids from a from a nearby house had cottoned on to what was going on Mm. so they were like I couldn't we couldn't see them but we could hear them they were like catcalling and mocking from atop a nearby hill and all the cheerleaders uh unsurprisingly I just found this kind of sad but also very resonant um Suddenly, it was like Eve in the Garden of Eden. They all suddenly felt very self-conscious. And, you know, they were wearing these like kind of cheerleader outfits that were much too small that Mike had probably bought from a costume shop or something. And they all tried to sort of, you know, put down their their skirts to sort of, you know, cover their modesty. And everybody felt weird and self-conscious because... It shifted the vibe. Yeah. And you know why? Because of fucking outsiders. And this reminded me of what a gay porn star called Connor Habib said to me when I started Mm -hmm. on my project. He said every bad thing and you know and i he's, he's probably exaggerating a bit but he said every bad thing that happens to porn people happens because of outsiders looking in not because of what happens in the industry yeah. itself uh, so that was an Shit. example of that
0: and we'll leave it at that thank you so much john ronson for joining us this has been guys we fucked the anti-slut shaming podcast we'll talk to you next friday
1: I saw you in and we still- Vay for listening to this episode of guys we fucked did you know that you can listen to guys we fucked on spotify yes the streaming service you know and love for music is also fully loaded with podcasts find us in the podcast section within the browse tab when you're using spotify on mobile or just by searching guys we fucked while you're there click to follow us and to have our new episodes delivered right into your spotify library head to spotify.com podcast for more